Hey guys, brand new podcast. That's the only part of the podcast that's rehearsed is that part right there. And if you're still listening, then thank you. Because this is sometimes my favorite part of the podcast. Today it will not be. The podcast we did with Nikki Glazer is phenomenal. She just walked out the door. Uh, and um, I liked her a lot. Yeah, she's great. She's really great. She's great. One of the things I love about this podcast, and I share about this little tab on the, on the podcast is I like having women like that walking in and out of our house in front of our girls. You know, when I was very first started this podcast, I remember telling Joey, I think it's really cool that they know you as Uncle Joey or Tom as, as Tommy Buns or, you know, like that they know these these great comics. And push, comics. and push. The, the greatest comic. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying specifically about Joey and Tom. Mm-hmm. Or like my two friends who I hung out with all the time mm-hmm. or Ari or Joe or any of those guys that they see them come in and out of the house and knew them as... The person, and then one day they'd be in college, and they'd go, "Um, oh shit, you got? How do you guys know Uncle Joey?" And they're like, "We all know Uncle Joey." And then like, "Wait, why do you call him Uncle Joey?" Oh, but something's changing. I have to tell you, I Isla kept me up really late last night talking about her camp experience. Yeah, and um, something has shifted, and her friends now understand that you are somewhat well known. And it and they're like, I guess her two friends that she went to camp with were kind of telling everybody that Isla's dad was a really famous comedian, and it made Isla really uncomfortable. Oh, she was like, I just want him. Yeah, I just, I just want him turn. to be my dad. Like, I just want my <laughs> friends to think of him as my dad, <laughs> not as this really big famous guy that they want to take pictures with. Anyway, uh, to back us out of that what what no i was about your daughter who really but i think that's really great that's because really, she wants you to be yeah. known by her friends as your dad to finish my thought oh sorry no to finish my thought i was simply going to say that i've always thought it was cool that they would know these people as uncle joey yeah and then when kids said wait how do you know uncle joey i would then say wait why do you call him uncle joey we call him uncle joey because he comes over every christmas and easter yeah. and fourth of july yeah that's how we know uncle joey right and whenever is he coming over the fourth of july i think he t- called me this oh, morning awesome. i think we're all going to do the thing and then the thing and then, and then the thing yeah and then come the back thing. here and be the thing okay and so um and then it, and then it dawned on me the first one was with allison rosen uh who i haven't had on in a while and i'd like to i just i haven't been i'm bad at replying to texts and, it, and allison it's just me and her texting back and forth and i'm always like fuck but they have a sticker on their bed, uh, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. And I thought, how cool that they'll know the name Allison Rosen. And then one day when they hear the name Allison Rosen, they'll go, wait, wait, how do you know Allison Rosen? She was a sticker on my bed. And Nikki is someone who is, I think you'll find in the podcast, I don't think I'm I'm tipping the hat too much or, or burying the lead. But uh, she's someone who's done a lot of self-work. She's fixed herself a lot, much That's like amazing. you. In, in every aspect possible she that she didn't like that she felt that she was had a broken spot she made it stronger that's amazing and it, she really is an amazing uh woman i can't i have a hard time saying a woman because i've known her since she was a kid so i just want to call her a chick because she's a child to me but uh I, I really do i really do love her i think she's a phenomenal person she seemed a, really great really talented uh comic and she has an amazing radio show on Sirius XM oh yeah amazing I did I did the live one in Clusterfest and uh and it's great you know and, and what's also interesting is you get your barometers and girls like women like Nikki and 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 your barometers are going to come from everywhere Nikki and and uh the girl from girls I forget her name 
right now. Yeah, I don't know her name. Uh, um, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm, I know you're talking about. Uh, and and Amy and and uh, Kesha and Tig and Kesha and all these women in the whole Me Too movement. Um, Amber Tamberlin, all these people, you get to hear their chiming in on certain issues and that's kind of as a, as a is it amber tamberlin is amber tamblin okay <laughs> oh tamberlin's the business i think so anyway <laughs> is as a c- cisgendered and the girl who did the special nanette you got to check out the special nanette it's pretty interesting nanette it's the name of the special i forget her name hannah hannah something um but Montana? my point is is it's kind of cool <laughs> listening to them talk and helping them Form your opinion as if you're listening to your little sister. In my opinion, because I'm older than all those people. But it's kind of neat. Anyway. Interesting. It's a cool, it's a really cool podcast. I think you guys are going to love it. Um, tour dates, I am simply in hilarities this month. Thursday and Friday, right before Roverfest X, uh, I am in hilarities. That Thursday and Friday. And that's all my dates for this month. I will say I'm in Brea New Year's Eve. That's a date I really want to push. I want to sell out New Year's Eve. Uh, I'm in Jer- Oh, shit. I'm supposed to announce tour dates. Oh, crap. Oh, fuck. I'm in Wisconsin. Do you know this date? No. I didn't even know you were in Wisconsin. I'm in Wisconsin, everybody. The tickets oh, just Madison, went on- Madison. Madison, Wisconsin. These tickets just went on sale. Friday. They went on sale Friday? They did. They went on sale Friday. I'm in Madison, Wisconsin. I wish it was in my calendar. It's not in your calendar? It's not in my motherfucking calendar. But I'm also in... Jesus Christ. November 9th, I'm in the Sands in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And November 10th, I'm in Atlantic City at the Borgata. Uh, Ari just texted me and said tickets on sale for my Borgata show were $450. That is not accurate. At SeatGeek. Do not buy that ticket. Do not buy the $450 one. That's insane. No way, man. I don't get any money of that. Do not buy that ticket. That's not okay. Um, Who would pay $450 to see you? Thank you, Leanne. That's a lot. No, yeah, no, I, I get it. Uh, I work really hard. September 20th, 21st, and 22nd, I am at Comedy on State in Madison, Wisconsin. Kansas City is the week before. San Jose is the week after. Oxnard is the first week of uh, September, but Comedy on State. I hope you're still listening. Today's podcast is brought to you by <laughs> Hims. Are you losing your hair? I am losing my hair. I've been losing my hair since I was... Tw- I remember when I started losing my hair, I was 21 years old. So first, I got a Caesar haircut, and someone said to me... I- Shut up. <laughs> I I- you said I got a Caesar haircut. No. I was yeah. like, what is that? No, I got a Caesar haircut. A Caesar? And everyone said, all the girls said, you look great, because they were shorter than me. And then one guy who was taller than me said, bro, you're losing your hair. Uh-oh. And I panicked. I had a streak of panic that only men who are losing their hair know for that first time they realize their hair is falling out. It is receding. That happens to most men by the age of 35. I was 22, way too young to be bald. Way and too I decided young. I'm going to stop this in its tracks. And I started using hair loss medication. I had to go to a doctor. I had to have an uncomfortable conversation with a doctor about what procedures we could take to stop losing my hair because I felt like I was vain. I felt like something was wrong with me that I was so young losing my hair. Now, you don't got to do that. You can go to hymns.com. Go to forhims.com for one stop. We're not talking about snake oil pills. We're not talking about gas station counter supplements. We're talking about prescription solutions backed by science. No doctors. 
no waiting room. So super easy. You are going to save yourself hours by going to 4 All you got to do is answer a few quick questions and doctors will review and prescribe you products shipped directly to your fucking door. I'm telling you when I say this, this is so much easier than when I was a kid. It was, a, it was, a, it was, there was like a, a stigma on trying to stop losing your hair. That's right when it started. And I remember you'd meet other comics that were doing the same shit I was doing and you'd share it like a secret. Whoa, 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 you're on that? Do you have any, do you, are you noticing any side effects? Do you think we're all going to die? No, we're all still here and we still have our hair. So stop your hair loss right now stop that receding hairline stop that bald spot on the top you don't have to wear hats sprinkling uh i still sprinkle in stuff every now and then well you know you got to do what you got to do here's the deal right now my listeners can get a month trial of hymns for just five dollars today while supplies last guys that is a ridiculous fucking deal that is really ridiculous i'm gonna say it one order right now and my listeners can get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Go to 4 slash BurtCast. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash BurtCast. 4 com slash BurtCast right now. Month trial. $5 while supplies last. 4 slash BurtCast. 4 Keep getting pussy. That's, I don't know if that's their tagline, but it should be. Maybe, yeah. Would you have married a bald me? Uh, I don't oh, know. Oh, the answer is no. You married a skinny me. I did marry a skinny you. With a, I had a full head of hair. Well, it wasn't that much fuller than his down. Oh, because I'm on fucking hair loss medication. I know. Because I, I took... You're not on it. You're obsessive about it. Yeah. You are cray cray because about i'm that. worried about my second wife this podcast is also brought to you by zip recruiter hiring is challenging but there's one place you can go where hiring is fucking simple fast and smart a place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates daily that is a place called ziprecruiter.com slash birdcast ziprecruiter.com slash birdcast ziprecruiter sends you ZipRecruiter sends your jobs to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply for your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, spotlights the top candidates, so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate through the site within days. days. Within the first day. Wowza. With results like that, there's no wondering that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America and right now. My listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T. That's BurtCast. ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. Pound your chest when you say it. ZipRecruiter.com slash BurtCast. ZipRecruiter. A better way to hire. 
So a smarter way to hire. Oh, a smarter way to hire. So I have something I'd like to talk about really quickly. Okay. Really quick. So I'm getting a lot of emails from fans mm-hmm. about when tickets go on sale at different venues across the nation. So I just wanted everybody listening to know that we are not in control of when an individual venue releases the tickets. So if you have questions about maybe if you go to berberbird.com and you click on the link to uh, a venue in your town and it says tickets not for sale, I don't know when they're going to release them. You'd need to contact the the venue directly. So if, if, if your local improv is who is where Bert's going, then you need to reach out to your local improv. I'm happy to get the emails. I just feel like I could cut out the middleman and have anybody listening just go straight to the venue and ask them when they'll be on sale. Yeah, like the Houston Improv, August 2nd through 4th, they'd be in charge of that. Same way yeah, that exactly. the Columbus Funny Bone, August in, 16th yes. through 18th, they'd yes. be in charge of that. Yes. Just like Irvine, the 23rd through the 25th, or Oxnard, the 31st. Through the first you got it that's exactly second. what i'm talking about so kansas city improv they're <laughs> no no they're the same too and yeah, they're on the september same. 13th through the 15th and did we announce that comedy on state are you doing two? Oh, oh i'm in a good fucking mood you know why i'm in a good mood no because i didn't drink last night oh i feel fucking phenomenal oh good i still have a workout left and i am starting my fourth july celebrations now are you why <laughs> Because 4th of July is tomorrow. Yeah, I know, but why are you starting now? It's like noon on the 3rd. I thought I was going to get a few cold beers, get in the pool with my kids. Oh, okay. Maybe go for a... No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go for a jog. I'm going to already... I've already planned this out with Nikki. I'm going to go for a jog up to the top of Fryman, jog back. I'm going to go buy my bike for my... Uh, whatchamacallit mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna go for a, a bike ride awesome and then I'm gonna come back I was gonna take a Xanax and not eat and go to bed but I'm gonna have some cold beers in the pool with my daughters and giggle you know what I'm gonna do oh say suck your husband's dick that's not it what are you gonna do I'm making a s'more icebox cake and I'm making brownies and I'm gonna prep burgers for tomorrow and I want to prep burgers for tomorrow. By the way, this is the best part of being American is the 4th of July. It is a pretty good day, I have I to say. I hope you guys are having a great 4th of July pre-prep weekend. This day is almost better than the 4th of July itself because it's when you buy all the goods, you buy the chips, you buy the burgers, you buy the hot dogs, you buy the buns. By the way, Joey Diaz is uncannily amazing at killing mosquitoes. Oh, yeah? What? How did you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I guess that was shared with everyone. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm so fucking excited. I think we're uh, the girls were talking about maybe decorating their bikes today they for the parade. To... Okay. Um, the Hayslip kids are coming over to swim and, and bake mm-hmm. and decorate bikes mm-hmm. and bring their bikes. Mm-hmm. So I guess our July 4th is starting today. Mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. You are a dork. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I married you with or without hair with this dorky dorkiness. Okay, people don't want to hear this. They want to hear the podcast. This is creativity. Ladies and gentlemen, today's podcast is absolutely fantastic. She is on Channel 95 on Sirius XM. It's called Up Yet? You Up? up? (laughs) With Uh Nikki Glazer. She is on the Bruce Willis Roast. They are taping in 10 days. You will see that in probably a month. She is someone I've known 
for a very long time. Someone I share a lot in common with and someone I genuinely hold close to my heart. She is a fantastic comedian, a fantastic woman, and an all-around great person. Ladies and gentlemen, today's BurtCast. Happy 4th of July. It's Nikki Glazer. Um, yeah, it was fascinating. Can I tell you my new, one of my, like, I say crush. I don't know if you can use crush in the Me Too era. Yeah, you can. Um, thanks, Nikki. It's innocent. I can. <laughs> um, Sabrina. Jalise. I've always had a crush on her. <gasps> She's, I just did uh, my, she was just on my radio show I, this I morning. I saw that. I saw She's that. the greatest. I saw that, and because of that, I found out that she is on the set list. Yeah, the uh, the lineup. The lineup, yeah. That's I, on Netflix. Uh Talk about progress. The lineup, I think, has one straight white male on it. I like it. I, okay. I look, I'm into it. Yeah, I know you are. But that's not representative of what stand-up looks like. No, it isn't. Uh, but Which is cool. By the fine. way, which is cool. I'm fine with it. I, yeah. Look, I'm very cool. I was talking to Rory Scovel, yeah. straight white male. Mm-hmm. And we said if, a, if ever we got a phone call when we had a spot and they're like, hey, just so you know. We're going to bump you for a person of color today because of... We'd be like, yeah, cool. I'm very cool with not going in and doing yeah. a spot. But I think I think there is... A, it is odd. Like, there was just a all the all-female feminist comedy club that opened up. Really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know the name of it. But a feminist comedy club opened up. And they're like, we do not allow straight white males on. And that... See, that... That seems stupid. I, I, I find a lot of... White males are really good at stand-up. And, and it just happens it just happens that there's a lot of them doing yeah. it. Yeah. Now I'd say percentage wise, it is almost identical the amount of funny females as it is to funny males. Agreed. Percentage wise meaning of like Yeah. I'd almost argue there are more funny women percentage wise than funny men. Mm-hmm. Now now number wise there's gonna be more funny men because there's just a lot more men doing stand up. Yes. But percentage wise I always say that women are not quote unquote funny because when we're young and we develop our sense of humor like uh, everything that's funny is like farts and poop and when you're a little girl you're discouraged from ever making jokes about that whereas when you're a little boy it's like oh don't do that but that's funny but a girl it's like when I would make poop jokes my mom would be like that's disgusting and you're ashamed for it your mom's still hot she is yeah your mom's probably my age and I saw a video of you and your mom your mom with some celebrity. My mom's definitely older than you. My mom's like 60. I think your mom's cute. She's so cute. I was just talking about it. Like whenever I'm dating a guy, I am like right away want to show them my mom so I can be like, look, yeah, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good looking for a while. Is that creepy that I was, I was, I love your Insta stories. Oh, thank you. And no, I was she, like, um, she'll appreciate that so much. And I do as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's not creepy at all. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, I always said women are funnier on, on, Women are much funnier on Twitter than men, hmm. hands down. Okay. The funniest people to follow on Twitter are always women. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Let me rephrase that. Before okay. Trump got elected, women <laughs> were fun. Before Me Too, women were the funniest people on Twitter. I know. Now we're very serious. I, I can't just, even go on Twitter anymore. It's not fun. A lot of people are bailing on Twitter. It's just too anxiety inducing. It's all just like you to, to tweet some joke. It just seems trivial next to kids in cages or whatever else everyone's talking about that uh, can i tell you when i was a kid 
I remember I'm older than you. I'm much older than you. Uh, I remember hearing about the Red Scare, about McCarthyism. Yeah. Internment camps. Yeah. And I thought like I would be braver than I am in the moment. I know. Like even there's a part of me. And by the way, this is hardcore secret time. And I don't mean this to. I just mean to show you like actual cowardice what it looks like in real life but there is like a part of me where i don't get political on twitter i just don't because yeah. i know it, it alienates fans it alienates people who would come see you do shows because there are things i believe i just keep my mouth shut i just yeah. go you know what of course the last thing you want is one more white guy telling you how the world should be run yeah and but even that stuff in kids and cages that i thought i thought when i was a kid and i heard about internment camps i was like oh me and my buddies would go in break them out free them get the fuck who the fuck does that and then you're 45 you're like okay i got a mortgage i know i don't want to alienate anybody i like that you're saying this someone said that like if you want to if you want to we always say like what would i have done during the holocaust or the red scare and it's like you're finding out now what you would have done nothing nothing yeah i mean look at the chris hardwick thing i didn't know you're friends with chris yeah and I, but like all of us all of us kind of were like i mean this is just the natural progression of how it goes woman makes accusations everyone was taught at the beginning of the me too always believe yes believe all women yes woman makes accusations all of us stay quiet mm -hmm. and, know. and then wait and by the way once those accusations are made it's done it's done that's i mean he has released so much stuff to help defend himself i know women have come out in support of him big advocate me too women have come out to support him but it's done. It's it done. sucks. Mm. I, I, yeah, I was really. You are my barometer. You're my barometer for common sense. Thanks, Bert. Well, you, look, first of all, for anyone who doesn't know, I've known you for a, a, a while. Yeah. Um, and I don't, and I, for num number one, I know you as a comic. I don't, like, I, I know you as a comic. I know that, you know, now you have your, your, your own, your own radio show on Comedy Central on Sirius XM. Yep. You're, you've had numerous TV shows on Comedy Central. You're on every fucking roast. Yeah. You're, and, but you, and you're also a woman blossoming in, in an art form that is the, the last bastion of freedom of speech. It is. In a moment where it is so important to hear women talk. Yeah. But, Number one, I just think of you as a comic. That's it. Well, thanks. And you're like the the Hardwick thing was really difficult because I I feel like you see all these guys get accused of stuff and I am not friends with them and yeah. I'm not. And then T.J. The, Miller was the first person close to me that something came out and I was like, oh, no, what do I do? What do I feel? What do I? So I just what I did. I think that Chris and TJ and all these guys know that I can't come out and say, like, make a statement. Like, not have, have at least they ever not hit yet. you up and been like... No, and I don't think they would, but I did reach out to both of them when it happened and said, I'm your friend. Because regardless of if it's true or not, I am still their friend, and I'm there for them emotionally if they need support. And just to Because I know that I put myself in their shoes. Like, if I was going through that, and if I did it or not, like, just having everything taken away from me that I've worked for so hard so overnight good. overnight i mean i'm i'm thinking about myself i'm a, like a i'm a maniac like i'm like is are they suicidal like do i reach out do i get in touch with them to just keep them alive like i don't know and so it's that was really hard and and, and the damage is done as soon as it comes out damage is done which is you know look i, I mean i have to say this just just, just I know, this sounds really shitty but in defense of in defense of that young lady chloe dykstra mm -hmm. the one thing i have to say is that i i've been in bad relationships yeah 
and um and and in her defense sometimes the only way you get closure is for people to hear you say out loud the bad things happen to you yeah but it just is like it's gotten so volatile now with with social media where everyone just condemns everyone as if they've never done anything bad yeah, and, and and you know what really bothered me was everyone was so quick to just throw him under the bus. People were dying to throw Chris Hardwick under the bus. So, what, let's, so is that is that let's not, put that on the side whether yeah, or not he did it. Okay. But people were so excited. People were like were like blood hungry. Like you could tell people were just psyched that it was happening. And it's like, well, you shouldn't be excited about this either way. But what is that then? Because he's successful and has worked hard and achieved success and people, other comics throwing him under the bus, it's being like, and making jokes about he was not never funny or whatever. It's just like, what? Shut up. Like that made me so grossed out by a lot of <laughs> other comedians just weighing in on his act or like that he's, you know, as a host, you, you have to be like a, 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 a character. A, a character type that people can be like oh you're you're uh you're not sincere chris hardwick is one of my f like inspirations like as a as a host i've watched him and learned through the years and i and he's such a nice person i i just love him dearly and i just was really sickened by how excited people got that, about it that's what makes the me... truth on the side whether it's true or not people were still excited even if it were true they're like yes he's a monster you and i saw, love it you you witnessed that firsthand and by the way you do not have to speak about anything about this but like with Amy, that happened to Amy. Ugh. Worse than I've seen it ever happen to anyone ever. When she came out with her special, it was like people were excited to say not only that they hadn't seen it, but they didn't like it. And yes. you're like, wait, you can't do the both. That's so funny. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I, mean, I, I do not like Annie's. And I heard it was horrible. And you're like, well, well you can't do both. It just shows me that success comes with a huge price which is that people hate you people that you came up with hate you for it and they are waiting till the second that they can jump on a bandwagon and take you down and i've seen it with amy like people hate amy <laughs> like people hate amy as much as they hate trump it's crazy they really do they and really I, do I, and I, it's and it's the it is the it is the mirror image of like of like the same thing that is the liberal that uh, that very very progressive that goes this is this is like this makes me my skin boil is that conservative guy who feels emasculated in today's society mm -hmm. and sees Amy as a direct threat to that yes and the, the oh, man she the, the thing was 2015 everyone loved Amy Schumer like the world was on board and she rose so fast and I, now i see it like my uber my like like i'll have like a 70 year old uber driver and he'll have an opinion about amy schumer that he will thrust on me that i don't even want and people here i'm a comedian and then they have to weigh in on her like people have more opinions about her than they do about me after seeing me they're just like oh i they ha they have to compare me to her yeah. and then i always just go do you not think that i'm friends with her with what you're saying like she's one of my favorite comedians and will always be one of them so watch what you're saying and also like these people are such liars because the same people that uh, hate her online and will talk shit about her behind her back i walked down the street with her i love you amy i love you they fucking love her people people are so fake yeah. and i i yeah the the way that she she has handled it i can't i don't think that i would be able to do it it makes me never want to be even close to that famous because i've actually toyed with that i've actually toyed with the idea that like hey I wonder if i could just kind of milk this 
Yeah. Like, just keep it right here. Yes, like, the, you should. And, and, and then really enjoy my life. Your life is great. Like, why do my we life, need more? My life. I Today, today I was going into a meeting and I saw two homeless guys. And I, and, uh, I had a little windfall of cash in, in my pocket. Yeah. Like, just random cash. Yeah. So I went up and gave them each 20 bucks. And I said, hey... Have a good fourth. I don't, I don't even think they knew it was the, the fourth was coming up. I don't know why I said good fourth. Like they were going to go, oh, we should barbecue now. But he just gave me 20 bucks. And then I was like, there, we did our good deed. And I hope that that changes something. And then I don't know why I'm telling this story. But then, and then I walked, I missed, I missed the entrance to the building. And the, and the one guy, the one, the most lucid of the two was the one who was like, I think the entrance, are you looking for the entrance? It's that over there. And so I went the wrong way. And then I came back on him and he was talking on his cell phone. Uh, arranging plans for the weekend and he had no cell phone and i was like <laughs> and i was like i was like oh wow this this is not i'm, I'm not affecting change at all i i mean like that is so like because you can look at a homeless person and go like my life is great and then you go on twitter and you look at like people's like fo- how many pe- followers people have and you go i am so far from ever having that amount of like pete and, and davidson yeah pete davidson by the way i've known pete for a long time and i'm yeah. almost a fan of pete i love pete you'll never Me hear too. a bad word come out of my mouth about pete like he got like a million followers last month i know like a million fo- like the uh, the two days before like it came out that he was dating Ariana Grande. I had seen a picture of him and I went, Oh, I, I'm taking a shit. And I go, Pete looks cute. I go, he's, uh, he's get his hair. He did his like hair and, and did, and did he get his teeth done? And then I went, Oh, this is ridiculous. And I did a video. I go, Oh my God, this is what my life is. I'm a 45 year old man taking a shit. And I just thought, had the independent thought that Pete Davidson looks cute. And then I was like, you know what guys weigh in. And then I said, put a picture of Pete up. I go, tell me if you think Pete looks cute not realizing that 86% of my followers are men. So no one's going to say he looks cute. And then Pete texts me within five minutes going, Hey man, thanks for all the negative feedback about how I look. Oh my God. Of <laughs> He's course, like, I've never you know felt shittier gonna... about myself ever. <laughs> no one's ever going to weigh in no and say nice like, things. No grown man's going to be like, he does look cute, Bert. <laughs> but, but yeah, my life is great right now. When you look it at is. Amy, I, I was there. I mean, you, you've been there for the whole path with Amy. But I was there uh, when she was literally no one. Yes. Um, I mean, she had been on Last Comic Standing, but then and then I was there. You guys did the reality show together. We did on, the reality show together. Yep. And then I was there right when, uh, right after she did the roast, and she was doing a theater tour. Oh yeah. And she and Jeff Wills was with her, and we went. We went out to in Portland. I Mark, this is how long ago it was. Mark Norman was there, and I didn't have no idea who he was. Huh. And I've since partied with him, and he's like, you know, we hung out in Portland, <laughs> and we went back to my hotel room. Me, Amy, Mark, uh, my feature act, and another comic. And she was uh, very vulnerable and was saying, "I, I can't handle this pace. Like, I don't know if I can go faster than this. This is overwhelming to me." Yeah. And I remember going. I've had overwhelming in my life, and I, I'm overwhelming is, by the way, uh, barely a pace at all. It is a, <laughs> it is a, it is a tortoise's pace for me. Is overwhelming. Really? Yeah. You pack it in, Bert. Uh, I had three meetings. I had two meetings before this today. That's and a lot. Okay, that is a lot. Okay, good. That's a lot. Yeah, and I was automatically like, I am definitely getting high after this. Yes, <laughs> I would have gotten high before it. That's but, a lot. But I remember watching that happen, and then, then seeing the rest to come, and I was like, oh, I. I don't know if that's enjoyable. I don't know. It's not. 
I don't think it is. And I think that she's worked on it a lot to be able to get to a place where she doesn't read comments and feels good about herself. Like she's genuinely like healthy and doesn't let it, it rolls off her now, but it took a while to get there. And you just see, like I have friends who are, you, you have friends who are famous. It's not a happy life. Like you're very isolated. You're paranoid that everyone's talking about you or taking pictures. You can't really go out. People come to you. It's not the best life. And yet it's all we are trying to achieve is that more and more people like us until everyone likes us and we're fame. Like it's fame. And then everyone hates you. And then everyone will take you down. No one just remains up. Okay. No one. Then here's the question I ask to you because secret time. I was with a bunch of very, 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 very powerful people in Hollywood who predicted out loud that you are you are ready for your moment. They were like, you know who's going to have their moment? Any second now, Nikki Glaser. Mm. And I went, that's so funny you say that. I go, I've been looking at wait, like Nikki, like what's going on with your career and it does seem like you really are poised for the first time in my opinion. Yeah. And I know you've had a lot of opportunities, but you really are poised to hit the track in full speed and not feel like you're out of breath. Yes. Are you ready for that? Yes. Really? Yeah. Like I, I see it all. Like it's, I'm going to have everything I want if I keep to it. Like, I know that sounds insane, but like, I just know what I want and I can, I know I can get it. I know I'm talented enough. I didn't always have that. Like, sense of bravado like everything I've been given and you feel like you're tricking people into giving it to you and now I finally accepted that (laughs) that is like that (laughs) here's what will make you not feel like it people aren't that stupid like my therapist once goes you think you're tricking everyone you think that executives are that dumb to give you a show like you can't maybe a couple times you've tricked some people and I have too but like everyone now like you're getting things for a reason you're talented people like you they want to hear what you have to say I do see like my trajectory is not there's no going down like I'm going up I'm going and it sounds like weird to say that but I just know that it is like the, well, the past couple but years not, but you're doing it in the way that I the way that you see someone losing weight and you go oh you look great and then you think oh that inspires me I want to do that too they're not going to get fat again they're just going to keep being yes. healthier <gasps> yeah that's how I feel because I've been like I've lost weight and been like this ain't gonna last you know and and that <laughs> is how I felt in my whole career is like I get these things and I go oh they could be taken from me and then what am I gonna do and now I'm like take it away I'll go do something else that's even more in my lane and I just know what I'm good at now I know what I like to do I've been doing it long enough and I've kind of had this attitude now, which is like, give it to me, make the right decision for your network, for your brand and give me these things. Cause I'll blow it out of the water. Like I will kill it for you. Yeah. And I wouldn't tell you to give it to me unless I would work my ass off and, and do a great job. And so when there's someone that's more deserving of me, like for the comedy central roast, like I, um, I just found out I'm, I'm doing it. And they were, I was one of the last people they told cause they Bruce were holding Willis. out Bruce Willis. Yeah. They were holding out and for, other names which I understand and I've been through this process before but I said to them like you got to give me two weeks or I'm not doing it because I need to prepare I want to do a good job for you guys and that wasn't what gave them had them give it to me but it it I do know that someone else turned it down and I think that's why I got it another female comedian and I knew that they would go Um, out to that female comedian you realize I am dying to know the name Natasha oh okay yeah (laughs) 
and oh, I wouldn't. My, have, right now, everyone on my podcast is going, oh, that's how it works. Yeah. That's how it's supposed to work, guys. <laughs> so Natasha decided not to do it. And I did. And I, and I knew they would go out to her before me. But I also said to them, hey, guys, why don't you have two attractive younger women on the dais like yeah. i know that's like a a, a, a whole, the whore category that you have for all your whore jokes and yeah. like that it might be um you know i was just like now's the time to have two women because i understand that you need one of each but we're like we're both funnier than any than a, a guy I'll, or I'll, a, I'll say i'll say you right now uh i know for a fact you are funnier in than me I think you're funnier than me, but I think, in, especially in that scenario, I can't do that shit at all. There are a lot of guys who would get the opportunity who just can't do it. Yeah, and that's how I felt was just like it's a skill that I. It's a skill set. Yes, it's a, it's a it's a skill that I have, and I know, and Natasha has it too. And I'm like, why not have us both? But they, but that's the problem is that like this whole Me Too movement, they're like more women, and like they, they talk about it, but they're not really like invested in, in making any changes because it's either it's one. I would love to live in a world where Natasha and I could both do it but if she would have said yes I wouldn't be doing it so I, so I wrote her a text kind of, being thank you so much for turning it down that is kind of fucked up it is it is but because and I and I and that's the thing is like I'm going that's how I got my radio show was just telling Comedy Central like I heard they were looking for a morning show and I go I'll do it and they're like um well yeah we have some names and I go no you're insane if you chose choose anyone over me I have name recognition I had a show on your network that you regret canceling yeah I I have radio experience from doing the road forever. I've done a million podcasts. Like, give it to me. Yeah. And then they did. And it wasn't, and they made the right choice. It wasn't like I bullied them into it. They're just, they made the smart choice. And I feel like when you present things like, guys, this is gonna, this is a, I'm doing you a favor by offering my, like, yeah. I'll kill it. I'll work hard. Like, I'm not gonna phone it in. I, I just did a game show the other day. Not the other day, but I, I've done a game show that aired <laughs> I shouldn't even say what it is but I was watching the the host and I was just like god you're getting paid so much goddamn money and you're phoning it in and I won't do that I won't do that to a network if you're gonna spend money on me I'll fucking work hard yeah if like and I just and that's what I bring to the table like I can't that's undeniable that I'll work hard and if I work hard I do a good job it's been I have a track record yeah so I feel like that I think you're right like I know that unless there's some terrible accident um or like my depression rears its ugly head in some way that veers me off course um I'm gonna have everything I want and I don't think it's besides a man that that I I have no choice over can I tell you I, I part of me feels that and this is by the way a sidebar and that you can tell me to shut my mouth if you want part of me feels like your success right now is also predicated on the fact that it it feels to me like I've, I've listened to you on podcasts I've heard you come out when you were dating someone and I feel like that's a distraction in your life sometimes so I, much I feel like right now the reason you're doing so well is that almost it's you're almost swimming in speedos like you're gliding through the water everything you do has so much like when I did your show, your live yeah. show, you you carried it. I am not good at that shit. Like I'm good at live being a guest. I could not have done what you did where you went on and you started a show. And you it's like you had prepared, you're ready. Here's what we're doing. Yeah. And it was sold out. And I was like, I was like, whoa. Yeah. And that's right after that is when I'd heard independently two different people that are both very successful 
uh, the, uh, Michelle Wolf's name name came up. And oh like, yeah. They're like she's having a moment, and then they're like, you know who's about to have their moment? And I said, wait, who? And you know, in your head, you're like, please say my name, please say my name. <laughs> <laughs> and both of them said, Nikki Glazer. You watch. And I went, oh, that's. I went, nice. I see that. I was like, that's so funny. I see that. Yeah, it's happening for sure. But it is. I feel like I'm like I feel very in control of my career, but like my personal life, I feel. It's really hard for me because I know so fiercely what I want with my career and like I know and I haven't always been this way, but I just see what's going to happen for me. Like I see it ahead of me, but I do not see finding a, a partner to share it with. And that really bums me out. I have no control over men and I hate it. Like I cannot predict you. I can't trust you. I can't and I can I trust Hollywood more than I trust men. That's just, that's that a is a bold, and I really do. I'm realizing it right now. I trust, I trust corporate, ex, I trust executives of the cable networks <laughs> more than I trust men. Because I have just been burned so many times recently, and I don't know what the fuck to do. What is it? Well, I just got told by my friend who is a um, psychotherapist. She was listening to me lament last night. She's a she's dating uh, one of my best friends, Pete Lee, and I was just like, I'm done with these dudes. Like, I literally the other night invited a guy over to have sex with me, a guy that I like made out with a couple times, and I was like, you know what? I don't take him seriously. I'll just have sex with him because if I do take you seriously, I'm not gonna have sex with you because. I'm not going to give away the fucking farm for free. But this guy was just like, I want to get a dick in me. I just, I need it now. I was in the mood that night. <laughs> I invited him over and, and he was like out and about not drinking. Like there's no reason that he should have not come over, but he like didn't acknowledge that I invited him over, which really hurt. And then never, and was like, I'll call you when I'm done with this and never wrote me back. And like, we had been like chatting up until this point. And I'm like, I can't believe I was waiting at my apartment to, I like didn't binge eat that night, which is like my favorite thing to do when I get home yeah. because I was maybe going to hook up and I didn't want to like throw up on his dick or whatever <laughs> I was going to get into. And so I like, I, I had less fun. I was waiting there like this, just some sad matron and and he never showed and i'm like who the i can't believe and i this is like a weird thing i can't believe that guy was gonna get to fuck nikki glazer and he <laughs> passed it up like i'm a catch there's and a I'm lot good of at having sex there's a lot of guys going whoa, whoa 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 i'll text you my number right now I know. i'll go on a fucking southwest flight don't slide into my dms unless like you're like unless you're actually willing to make an effort and like come to me and like and you're hot and you're successful and you uh like are confident fuck that is you know that's mind-blowing to me it's it was to me too and that's why i say i cannot predict because i thought you know if i put sex on the table which i didn't put it on the table but here's my thing about sex is i always say like i don't want to have sex until i'm in a committed relationship and girls are you'll go home with a girl and and, and she'll go like, I'm not having sex with you. I've said that a million times in my life too, but I can always be convinced. I'm a hornball as well. So yeah. if you get me juiced up enough, I'm gonna need a dick in me and it's gonna be yours. Well, you should have this conversation with my wife. She can actually not be convinced. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not doing enough convincing. We had, we had a fight yesterday morning. The girls were still at camp and it's like seven in the morning. We wake up. And I roll over and I start, we start cuddling. Yeah. And then of course I start moving things towards that direction. Yeah. And then she went on to give me an explanation of how this is why she never touches me. We have no intimacy because once she touches me, we have to have sex. Yeah. She wants to be able to cuddle without having sex. And, right. and then all this. And then I was like, I was like, Hey, just so you know, I was just hitting on my wife. <laughs> like I wasn't like, I go, you know, I'm, I'm a good guy. I don't cheat. I don't, you've yeah. seen me on the road. I am, no, you're the I'm greatest. on the straight and narrow. You really always. are. And that is like 
rare. And, she, and then she goes, okay, I fucked up. I fucked up. I really Aww. fucked up. I should have. And But then I, now I'm like, I feel like I'm in an abuse. I told her, I go, I feel like I'm in an abusive relationship. Yeah. You know, this is what an abuser does. They punish you for something you didn't do and then forgive you for something that you got punished for that. And then she was like, oh. I'm glad you said that to her. Yeah. And she was like, wait, hold on. Hold on. Okay. I fucked up. Yay. I fucked up. And I was like, and so it was really healthy. That's really healthy, Bert. I yeah. love that. I... Because I, I just find that like when I've been in relationships and the guy wants to have sex and I'm always, I'm always, pro- I don't think I've ever turned down sex. Like For I real? literally don't think I, and I'm, that's not I'm, to by say. By the way, I don't think I've ever turned down sex either. That's not way. to say yeah. that I won't, like when I'm married, I don't know what, it, what yeah. it's like. Like I don't begrudge any woman for doing that, but I don't think I've ever turned it down. I've always had like a higher sex drive than the person I'm with or at least on the same page. But I do find that. And, and when I, and I hate to reference this, but like, I, okay, so I feel like guys never do enough foreplay. And I know that is that's the most a, know, cliche thing no, in the that's world. A, no, it's not cliche. That's a hundred percent. I once told my enough. wife, she goes, let's do the things, let's do, let's share the things we both like. And I went, okay. She goes like, what do you like when I do to you? I go, when you touch my dick. Yeah. And she was like, well, okay. What else? I go, no, just, that's it. Just start there. And yes. Let's end there. Cause I, it, because, you know, that's also our formative years of masturbating is quick, get it done. We're in the shotgun, shotgun yep. offense. We need to get downfield in two minutes because you don't want to get caught. It's so stressful to be a guy and to, to have to mitigate like the fact that first of all you got to warm the girl up so you want to do foreplay but you're worried about like when i get an erection i need to keep it and like and then i need to last a a long but not too long and there's so i mean it is mental gymnastics to be a guy with your dick i i totally understand that but what i'm learning about my body and about being a woman and, and like this whole i've never wanted to ever say i need more foreplay but even for myself when i masturbate i don't even give myself enough foreplay i like start going in hard and then i go i can't come and then i'm <laughs> fucking frustrated and I, I i beat the fucking thing on the bed the other day i was beating it on the bed going why can't i come and it's because i didn't warm myself up i need to sit there with my vibrator loosely put on my lap watch porn for like 30 minutes while it just sits there and does its job and then i can go in hard but like for to just start hard like i'm doing it to myself so i don't expect a man to ever understand that but i do know that whatever you think is enough time just double it use that and because what is i was recently dating this guy and we decided that we were going to maybe pitch a reality show together where we like fell in love on a reality show because we could sense that we were like headed towards that way. And so we were like, we want to save it for the cameras if we do it. Yeah. So, but we were like, we still want to hang out before we pitch the show. And we're like so into each other. So we just decided we like, we're never, we're not going to kiss. Can I tell you, it was the hottest thing I've ever done in my life was be, and we never were alone either. If we would have gotten alone, it would have been on, but we were in public the whole time. We would just- Is this guy a comedian? mm -hmm, We would just hang out. Uh, yeah, you probably. I'll tell tell you off mic. Because there's a game I want to play with you after this. Ooh, I want to I want to play because I know you've dated a couple comedians. Yeah, yeah. And I want I want you to celebrate them in as as an ex. Ooh, okay. Like no bad, not shit talking shit about anyone, but go through comics you've dated and oh, celebrate yeah. them. I'd okay. love to. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I would like to include my actual ex who isn't a comedian on that because he always says. Is he the producer? Yeah, because he always used to say that when I would go on podcasts, I would always like talk shit about him and then my exes I would always be nice and I'm like yeah because it's not funny to be like my boyfriend's amazing you know yeah. and it's so funny the way people hear sorry about the flies no um the uh so funny the way people hear 
like I always make a joke about I had a joke that I was working on about like uh, I would never hit my wife but I have fantasized about her dying <laughs> yes. and and people immediately say no Leanne for the podcast or her podcast yeah. or, or Instagram they're like whoa 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 what the fuck oh come on but yeah there is not fun to just celebrate your wife no it's not it sounds like you're cheating on her I yes. used to work with a comic who would always oh. talk about how much in love he was and he just cheated on her non-stop it and you're does like, sound like that yeah but that's the, the the comedy is like if I was to then but also if I was to talk shit about all my ex-boyfriends that seems like bitter and weird so it's like I, it made sense to me why I would always say nice things about my exes which I didn't really always have nice things because he would always be like you're so nice about your exes and then and you trash me and I'm like you're right that's not fun for you to hear and I'm sorry and I'll yeah. try to do better so we go, back to, we can go do. back to this reality show you okay so the reality show so we were just going we would just like hang out and go on dates like out and about in LA and like we would go to like just bars and and restaurants and we went and got massages but we were just touching and it wasn't like touching like rubbing genitals yeah. like just all over each other and it was the fucking hottest thing I've ever done in my life and I, I if, if I could have a relationship with this guy we, we never kiss I would probably do it because it was it was tantric it was so hot I was I, I mean I thinking about it now I'm like huh and this guy came out of nowhere too because this guy I, he slid into my DMs like a year ago and I was like get out of here who are you I don't even know who you are I've barely seen your act Chris D'Elia <laughs> God I wish no, I've not. Chris has always just been like this guy that I'm just like, I don't think he's with supermodels. I've never even thought like, oh, I could have him or should I entertain the thought of it? And and I, and I people have always been like, he's so hot, Nikki. And I'm like, you know, like I, I get it, but I don't get it. Can and then you, one night yeah. he touched my leg at this comedy store and I go, oh, I get it. Like he just was like, hey, Nikki, and just like patted my leg. And I was like, oh, God. Can I, so tell, you, can I tell you the, 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 the sidebar thing about Talia that would yeah. make that I think a girl would be lucky to have? Is have you ever seen him and his dad and his brother react interact? No. Oh my god, they're fucking hilarious. Really? They break their dad's balls so his, his their dad's balls so hard, and his brother is just as good looking as him. I know. And is a is a director, and they, but they hang out. They have a really tight family. I like that. And he that. loves his dad, and he's like his dad's suit. Like they get along great. Oh. Seriously, like uh, Dalia, uh, he's, I mean, but he's always, he's dates the hottest girls I've ever seen in my life. Like ones that I'm just like, I don't even understand how hot they are. So like, he's not even, I feel like I've been through every comedian that I want, like I've gone through. And that's why this guy surprised me because I had never even heard of him. And then he slid into my DMs and, um, and then he like, he just and I've never I've usually pursued guys and I've been the alpha kind of been like let's make out let's do this like, like I yeah. lead the way and this time I was like I'm just gonna take a back seat and he came at me hard and I I literally was not attracted to him at first I was like ugh, get away yeah. and because I was so like not replying to his DMs not even like not acknowledging him in public because I didn't even think of him that way it was like he he loved that and yeah. so I used like essentially a game that I've been trying to recreate in my life for years of like acting like I don't care. But when you really don't care, he came at me so hard and he fucking convinced me. I was like, okay, I like you. And this came out, I would have never predicted that I would like you. You're way too old for me. You're, I make a note so I can ask who this is. Yeah, at the end yeah, of this yeah. Podcast. You so like, there are all these things I was like, there's no way I would ever be into this guy. And guess what? I am into people who are into me. And that makes me feel good about the work I'm doing on myself. Because in the past I've gone after guys who do not, not give a shit about me. And, um, 
And this guy, I was like, he actually like sees me and likes me and wants to be around me and is pursuing me. And it was hot. And that used to like disgust me because I didn't like myself. And now I like myself and I'm like, good, you're right. You should be coming after me. That's really interesting. I've always, uh, yeah, I'm going to put a pin in that thought. But but, what happened with this guy is that nothing ever happened with him because um, he was... uh, he was in an open relationship at the time. I'm into open relationships, so I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, we're not anything. We're just like going around town touching each other's legs. Like, yeah. what? I don't care if you're banging some girl on the side. Like, I don't care. And I wouldn't care for in a relationship. My thing is um, that I I want to be the main chick if I'm in an open if I'm in a relationship. I want to not. I didn't want it with this guy immediately, but I was like, eventually you're gonna have to lose these side chicks. Take on me, and then you can get more side chicks. But I can't come. I can't come into a relationship with girls who've been there before me and yeah. think they have a one-up on me. You need to orangutan him. Was that what they do? I don't know. I'm just guessing that an orangutan. <laughs> that is so I'm something. Obsessed, I'm obsessed with the word orangutan right now because I was with Rory Scovel this weekend and uh, there's a way you can get pasta arjananton. I forget what the word is. Uh-huh. It was like scallops arjananton. Okay. And I thought it said orangutan. And I oh went, god. oh my god! Oh and my I started god. giggling. And then Rory, you know, Rory immediately goes into an improv, and he's like, "Um, how do you guys cook your orangutan?" He is so funny. He is fucking hilarious. He loves like, camping. One of the funny. Yeah, I'm. I'm camping now. What yeah. you like camping? No, no. I told him that I thought he liked camping, and he's like, "I don't camp at all." He doesn't. Ca- doesn't he look like he camps? <laughs> he looks like he, he loves looks like he camps. It. And he had he's a going water- to gorges on the weekend to just yeah. see different bluffs he's like the he kind of guy like if i go rory's the kind of guy that would wear gray shoes with black socks out oh my. and not know that you're not supposed to do that and shorts like i, I think and has a carabiner on yeah. his nalgene oh, oh, his, oh yeah yeah puts his keys on his belt loop. oh yeah um, not that guy at all so so then let's do let's do the game what okay. comics have you dated I, uh, um joe DeRosa was the, is the one that i'm kind of notorious for i guess i did not know you dated joe DeRosa. shut up really joe DeRosa. okay let's close with him then okay uh um i've dated uh, here's the problem bert a lot of guys that i have like dated were like ch- it was I was very young and they were cheating on their girlfriends now wives with me so I can't okay, so even I reveal know, who. okay I'm so glad I didn't start guessing names because <laughs> I already know I already know the one you're talking about no there's been like five For I was real? like a busy bee when I was like tw- drinking and living here when I was 24 I dated a lot I like would sleep with guys that had girlfriends because I didn't like myself and they didn't really like me and didn't take me seriously and I was just this side thing and then they ended up like I just thought like it's not good to be another woman I felt oh bad doing it but this then they end up made... marrying them and you're like no you don't marry the girl you cheated on but mm. they do yeah I don't and then I they continue never. to cheat <laughs> um so then which ones are fair game I mean who are you thinking? I don't I'm not gonna say one I fucking honestly name. don't even know who I've dated okay um I dated Chris Fairbanks okay I dated um uh Dan Soder okay um He'll love that I said that. Um, and oh god, I I slept with I'm trying to th- like I honestly, who are you thinking? Were you mouth it? No, no. I are you serious? Know. Yeah, because I, well, I, I mean, I think I know. Uh, no, because I don't want to edit the here. I'll t- I'll here are the two that I here are the who. two that I was thinking of. Oh wow, and, I haven't even named the two. Th- god damn it. That I know that you're um, one. I could be off on only because. Okay. Uh, I think I don't know why I thought it. 
Hold on. It's it. It really is embarrassing how many comedians have dated. But I, you know, I can't help it. I, this one, this one definitely. Uh, I'm guessing cheated on his wife with you. Oh dear. Um, these are the two I was thinking. Oh, okay. The first one never has happened in no a million way. years. Are you I, serious? And he's not. The first one is not married. He's not married. Okay. Greg yeah, yeah. Warren Greg is Warren, one of my yeah. best friends. Never. Yeah, he's one of your best friends. Yeah, never had even a thing like even a flirtation with him. Okay. He's always like been like an older brother. But I love that guess. Pete Lee. Yes, he is the other one. Okay. Okay. He was the one, and I can definitely talk about this. He um, was my first love, second person I ever had sex with. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa! See, I now I had, and I apologize. I have Pete Lee was one of the few guys that I would get confused with other guys that were road guys. Yeah. And yeah. so and but I just saw the movie he did with Tommy and Chad. Yes. Which was fascinating. And then I immediately texted Tommy. I was like, what's Pete Lee like? Because I know Chad. Yeah. I know Tommy. I go, what's Pete Lee like? He's like, interesting. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, he's like, he's, he's a great guy. He is the greatest. And he's... he was like, he dated Nikki. And I went, wait, shut up. And then literally the next day, He's on your Insta stories moving to LA. Yeah. And so I was like, well, shit, I got to hit him up. I'd love to have him on the podcast. Oh, he would love to. You got to have him on. He is fascinating. And, Great um, head of hair. Yeah, such good hair. Oh. I love when guys really pay attention to I never would notice hair. Definitely. Let me tell you, I hate, I hate Nate, Nate Bargatze's oh, hair. Oh, he's good hair. I hate fucking, I hate Rory Scovel's hair. Oh, yeah. I'll keep my hair over Joe DeRosa's. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Soder wastes his hair. He fucking wastes his hair. <laughs> he the totally f- does. Fucking accountant he head he has. He wastes everything. Like he dresses like he he's in seventh grade. Like he's a attractive guy. Like he has like he they would queer eye the fuck out of Dan Soder. Oh. He is so dreamy. Yeah. And like he like he's a leading man. Like he he's in a movie. With a deep voice. Hi, how you doing? I'm Dan. Oh yeah. He knows how I feel about him. I, I fucking love Dan Soder. And I I think he is one of the most like dreamiest guys guys ever but he was in this movie um called it had to be you where he plays the romantic lead and he's so embarrassed by this movie that he doesn't talk about it but it is literally one of my favorite romantic comedies and it's called it had to be you you can find it on itunes dan soder is a leading man like adorable like like it is it's such a good movie and he did such a good job in it and he's gonna kill me that i even put this out there but definitely watch you it had to be you with dan soder as the romantic lead <laughs> um you know how like rory scoville came out of nowhere and i feel pretty and was just yeah. like such a great romantic he's, lead and you're like oh my god by the way, by the way that was the best thing that ever happened to him because they started cutting his hair cool yeah and then he learned like, how could, to do it you yeah. could tell someone was like all right i understand you have hair yeah but you know you're supposed to comb it right <laughs> Doesn't, doesn't flop on your forehead to let everyone know the, that's where your eyes start. God, some guys are so clueless and it does help that they're like hair and makeup that like take over at some point when they do some shoot and or give them a shirt from set and then that's their new shirt that like sends them on this new journey. Someone said to me one time, you should only wear blue and I wore, I have so much blue. <laughs> you have so much blue. I have so much blue in my fucking, everything I have is blue. That's all I've ever worn. Because one person Yeah, because like, one, and my wife's like, hey, you know, other people have other colors than blue. I was like, well, I can't wear red. It's not blue. And other people have other opinions of what looks good on you. You've just oh. this one costume designer. Okay, so let's take okay. let's take let's take what, what do we have? Joe DeRosa, Pete Lee, Dan Soder. Yes. And was there one more? Um, Chris Fairbanks. And Chris Fairbanks. Was okay. Like a so we'll do one. those four. Those okay, four. Okay. Okay. Who was the who was the <laughs> funnest to dick around with? Um, like just oof. fuck around during the day, make you giggle and not trying to be funny. 
Okay, so the, the, let me just like quickly walk through like each of these were not real relationships. Like Pete Lee, I fell in love with over a weekend when he was featuring in Kansas City for Harlan Williams, and I was guess, doing a guest set because I lived in Kansas City going to college. Oh, I was a senior in college. I did a guest set. So you were you were you were just barely into stand up. Barely into stand up. Had just it was crazy. Okay, so, so that this is these are unfair representations uh, yeah, because well, I bet Pete, you were probably blown away that a uh, guy that. Whose brain was only comedy? Well, and and now Pete is one of like literally my best friend, and so I I have it. I I knew who he was instantly then and now. Like he is, he is a treasure of a person. And when I met him, it was like love at first sight. I went backstage at the Kansas City Improv. You've been there. Walked in that green room. He was eating a salad, and I remember I turned the corner and we locked eyes, and I was just like, oh my god! Like I had a mo- we were both like whoa, and I'm like I'm Nikki, and he's like I'm Pete, and I'm just like. This is weird. And then he, so I go to the back of the room to watch his set. He goes on stage and he does a joke in his act where he's like, I, I have a girlfriend. I don't cheat on her. Um, I'm only allowed to cheat on her on Wednesdays. And it was a Wednesday. And I go, this guy cheats. He, I'm going to get him. He just put, he, he did that joke for me. Cause oh, I know th- I've done those jokes before where I'm like, I hope that guy that is watching. So he knows that he can bang me. Yeah. And, um, and so we that week he had just he was dating a girl of like two months at that time or something like that and and I didn't really care because I didn't like myself or so I, I was I only was interested in guys with girlfriends because they is couldn't that, really is, like is that me girls is that girls who cheat are they is it he just got a married to her oh wait sorry um oh the no when you when like when you say you said it twice now I'm you, scared of intimacy so I they can't be intimate with me if they have a wife or a girlfriend Jesus. so I'm scared of like all the attention being on me I'm scared of being a disappoint I'm scared of like breaking a guy's heart too so like I can't break your heart if you're already if you're cheating oh um, my god that's so funny I look at I I have cheated not on my wife but on other girls yeah and I look at it as once you cheat as a guy, you're in so much deeper than you ever wanted. It's different than a hookup. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. That I mean, part of the reason I not, I mean, part of the reason I don't cheat is that I love my wife. Obviously, I love my family. I love my house. Yes. But I, but but the other part is that like I only have that much room for that much commitment to one person, and yeah. I can't I can't share that. I can't share what I can give to her with other people. It's just too much. Yeah, I, I think I think a couple guys did like Pete. Pete definitely. We fell in love, and he was very conflicted. We just spent one weekend together. Um, I did have sex with him because I knew that that was gonna like get him. Like I was like, I'm gonna have a good showing here, and that is gonna get him to go back to New York, break up with his girlfriend. I'm gonna graduate college in one month, and I'm gonna move to New York, and we're gonna be together forever. Oh, Boom. shut up. So. He left. We were both like crying when he left, like in the rain. Like it was dramatic. And we spent like three nights in a row together. And he drove through the rain after this college gig that he was doing after his weekend in Kansas City. And I go, if you come back three, drive three hours from this college, I'll have sex with you. And so he drove back. We had sex. He gave me my first orgasm. Which is Whoa. devastating to a young girl's heart. Like you, like I never even masturbated myself to one. Like my yeah. first one ever. So I'm like, this guy is magic. And so then he goes back to New York, and we talk every day. We are like saying I love you. He's writing me letters. Um, and then my friends start going like, Hey Nick, you gotta like cut this off because he's getting the sex from her, and he's getting the emotional support from you. Like. He's ne- he's never gonna. Ch- why is it? Would he ever leave her when he, this is kind of a perfect situation for him? So I was like, okay. So I said, Pete, um, you need to break up with her, and you can't talk to me until you do. And so he was like, okay. And so it went a month, and I didn't hear from him. And then he called me on my birthday, 
And it was also the day after my last comic standing, my first time on TV aired. Because I had t- whoa, taped whoa, last comic whoa, standing whoa, when I was shit. in college. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I was a senior in college. I filmed it. I met Pete Lee weeks later. And then a month after that, or two months after that, it aired. And the next day was my birthday. And he called and he called me. And I was on the beach with my friend in Venice. Like, we were here on vacation, me and my friend. I was staying at Tiggs, who I met on Last Comic Standing, who let me crash at her place with my friend from college. And I'm on the beach. And I'm like, Pete? Like, I think he's calling. And he's like, hey, Nikki. And I'm like, hi. And he's like, he's like, you were great on TV last night and happy birthday. And I was like, did you do it? And he was like, I can't. And I was like, what? Cause I was like, there's no way he's not going to choose me. Like there's just, is no way I felt yeah. like, this is essentially how the girls feel on the bachelor when they are down to the final two. And they're like, there's just no way I've heard these girls say that there's just no way. And I thought there's just no way. And, um, he was like, I, I, I can't do it. And I'm so sorry. And I was like, I, hate you and i'm so angry i ever met you i will never talk to you again hung up the phone didn't talk to him for 11 years and now he is my best friend oh my god i literally and i go this guy thinks that he's just gonna exist in comedy and i'm not gonna i'm he's some i'm just some girl he met on the road and i'm not gonna be haunting him the rest of his life he's he's sorely mistaken because i was in his sphere all the time and ter- like I was terrifying to him he he still says he has PTSD like when he sees me there's something in him that kind of has this f- fight or flight response because I'm s- I like hated him so much oh. and he ended up marrying the girl that he chose over me and she found out about me and she said you need to make a choice like I get that you did this I forgive you for it but you need to make a choice is it me or her and he chose her which I thank god he did because we would be so divorced by now we would have yeah. gotten married like we would have but we would be so divorced right now we'd probably be in the same position of like friends that have been in love before yeah but um he chose her and like I through the and I moved to New York and he was living in New York and when I moved to town I would see him I would like run into him places one time we were at both he I had Nikki and Sarah live on MTV he was taping best week ever they shot on the same floor and I remember that day I was like Pete Lee is on this floor I cannot fucking believe this and we ended up in the same makeup room and he said that I we we the the same makeup room we were at, like I didn't say anything the whole time he sat down and was like trying to be nice because Pete's just like wants to be he was just trying to make peace and like not step on any, and not anger me or or rile me up and he was there and he said that I walked by him and go hi Pete and I just walked by and he said that his makeup artist literally wrung her hands and was like Ugh, what the fuck was that like no one like she was like it was palpable I hated him hated him and um and now I love him more than ever but it took a while it took me get, going through a breakup him reaching out and being like I'm really him divorcing his that girl yeah. and being like hey I didn't reach out to you ever because it was a promise I made to my wife at the time that I would never talk to you again. Yeah. And so I honored that and now we're divorced and I really am so sorry for what I did to you and I would love to like get coffee sometime and talk about it. And this was at a point where I was with my boyfriend and I was like not interested in making new guy friends and I still had a grudge to hold with him. And so I was like, no, not interested. Thanks. I, this this can be our closure, but like I don't want to be your friend. And then I broke up with my boyfriend and I was like, Oh, that Pete Lee might be single, and we yeah. had some good times eleven that years orgasm. ago. I wonder if he knows how to do that trick. Yeah, I well. haven't had one of those since, <laughs> and um, and so I kind of slid into his like I started like we started he and that was two years prior that he had emailed me, and I hadn't talked to him since. But um, 
I reached out to him and was like, let's hang out. And then we started hanging out, like being like, are we going to hook up? Like we started talking intensely on the phone and he had a girlfriend at the time. Um, and we were just friends. It was, there was no set. Like, I want to be clear about that in case she's listening that we never, even, we were just started out as friends again. That was like our, we were like, let's talk about what happened between us, but let's be friends. And then I started to sense that like he was getting emotional. We were having an emotional attachment. Like there's something here. Yeah. And he was, and I go, I know you haven't told your girlfriend about me. I know I'm not in your phone as whatever I like as Nikki. I go, what am I? Number. <laughs> exactly. I go, what am I? And he goes, Josh. And I'm like, exactly. Josh? Exactly. Ah! Oh, fuck. I love P. Lee. I know. Josh. Josh. So he goes, yeah, Josh. you're right. You're right. I can't tell her about you um, because she would hate you. And I'm like, but we're not doing anything wrong. And he's like, I know, but like she can't, she wouldn't be able to handle it. And I go, well, <laughs> who else knows about me? Oh, just my friend, Josh. He's called a couple times. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> By the way, I have like three bits that I'm writing for you as you're doing your really? act. Yeah, but can I? The first one is uh, the fact that you, even your right hand treats your vagina like a man. Like it just goes, <laughs> and then you all the things you'd catch your right hand doing, man stuff. Like the other day, I just grabbed a beer. I don't even drink, but he's like, <laughs> "Fuck it," you know. He's getting so mad yeah, that I can't please myself. And yeah. then the other one is that you and that guy date dated but didn't kiss, and it was so hot. And then I thought. Imagine how much you would have liked being Amish. Like, oh, um, you would have dude. loved it where you're combing a horse and you see him from across <laughs> the pasture building a barn and he's just like... <laughs> And you and you and him are making lemonade, but that's all you can do because the elders are watching. How hot is the first I mean, Amish kiss? I would be uh, like whatever. There's those like a, a Mormon Amish, any religious of any kind. Because I feel like I gr- I I feel that way. I feel like I grew up so terrified of sex and like and, and edging my whole life. And then yeah, that. But I would have been such a dope Amish. Oh my whore. god, you would have been. You would have been next I literally level. would have rolled around in the hay with someone. Hi, Jebediah. <laughs> Your dad let you take the wagon out today, huh? Oh my god. I'm taking the I'm taking the I'm taking the sheep out for pasture in case you you find yourself in the field later. God, I real I probably would have been more sexually adventurous if I had grown up like religious than if I grew up the way I was because I was like I'm like a I talk like I'm a whore now and I'm getting I'm getting ready to be called a whore a lot on this roast of Bruce Willis or whatever but I genuinely like I've only slept with 16 guys which is not a lot if you look at any man's number yeah well my number is six so your number is six six guys no I'm kidding (laughs) 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 no six girls yeah that's it Oh my God, Bert, that's yeah. insane. But that's not my thing. See, like my yeah. my currency, I think, like the thing that that uh, thrives my soul is in sex. It it never yeah. has been. Yeah, it's really into intimacy. Like I yeah. crave intimacy. I I crave like uh, it's funny the things like if someone talked about you, I'd say two things. I number one, I. I, mean, I think you're a, a beautiful, but I think you've gotten prettier the older you've gotten. Oh, thanks. I when I first met you, I didn't. I was like. I was like uh, just a little kid. Yeah, like, you just had little kid features. Oh yeah. Like honestly, I swear to God, you and Amy both. I, I used to think Georgia and Amy, my oldest looked identical to Amy. Yeah. And I was like, when Amy grows up, she'll be prettier. But she was a grown up. Yeah. But that's what I, the way my brain thinks. Right. And I and I see that definitely in you, like especially just through Instagram. But when I see yeah. pictures of you younger, I go. I really see my daughters are like goofy little girls. Yeah. And I think you've gotten prettier the older you've gotten. Oh, thanks. But the things I think about you are like uh, ball breaking or like, I remember just like little insights I've gotten from you of like, 
when remember when I had that fat booth and I took a picture of you with fat booth? Yes. And you're like, you're not allowed to post that. Yes. And I was like, what? And you're like, that's what I think I look like. And I was like, huh? Yes. Like, you can't post that. You can't post like yes. you were. And I was like, oh, we were had we had lunch at a Mexican restaurant that day. Yes. But like, I like that stuff. That's my currency. Totally. Is intimacy or hanging out or like the times you hang out with people when you long car rides. Yes. Sex has always been, I think mostly because I'm not great at it. I think my first time was traumatic. Yep. And so, um, and so it, it's just not. That makes sense to me. And, and, and drugs and alcohol. Oh, right. Drugs right, and alcohol are my, my and food. Yeah. And food are well, my drugs real. Drugs being food. Okay. So we've got a, we've got a stamp on Pete Lee. That's a, that's a, this is your. Stamp. Great guy. And now he, um, he. Just he, moved to LA. Literally. Well, we were, we were. He was flying to LA to visit me and we were probably gonna, like we were meeting up to have sex because he broke up with his girlfriend who I was in his phone as Josh as. He broke yeah. up with her because I go, I'm gonna do this to you again. You can't talk You can't talk to both of us. I'm pulling out. I'll talk to you in two weeks when you break up with her because that ain't gonna last. Yeah. Two weeks later, we broke up and I'm like, let's, let's, ha- let's have sex and project our feelings about our breakups onto each other. I literally said that. I was yeah. like, let's meet up. He flew to LA. On his flight to LA, he met his now girlfriend who he is going to marry. And we met up and we got high together with like, and I brought my sleepover bag over to his fucking, I put my dogs had were out for the night. I was like ready to get it on. And I got it to his hotel. We smoked weed and we were hanging out and I was just like, I don't feel it. And I don't know what to do right now. And he was like, I don't either. And I was like, can I still like sleep over and like, because I don't want to go home all the way back to Silver yeah. Lake. So we slept in a bed. I wore my noise-canceling headphones. He wore a CPAP machine. Oh my Best God. friends sleeping oh next to each other. God. And it's been like that ever since. And the girl he met on the flight on out here to bang me, who he told about me on the flight, told the whole story to, so she knows everything about me. They exchanged numbers to be like, oh, if I'm in Nashville or whatever. She she now moved here. They live together now. Really? And they're like going to get married. Now. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But anyway, Pete Lee, yes. Okay, now walk me through Dan Soder. Um, uh, Dan Soder and I, God, I don't even want to get into it because it just, that's another whole, th- I wish he were here for that. If, uh, cause I don't, I haven't talked about him and I on a podcast oh, before. Yeah. Like it, it just feels, cause we had a, like a similar kind of thing where I was angry with him for a really long time and, and did some things that I'm not proud of. Cause I just wanted to to hurt him the way he hurt me and so i just really wasn't the nicest version of myself i've and done I, some things i'm not proud of with yeah. with breakups yeah like I, when that hardwick thing came out i thought oh Oof. i've definitely done some things like yeah. i've definitely behaved in a manner that i'm not proud of that if it did come out i would be embarrassed and people yeah. would then judge me based on that never anything never anything like horrific but not being cool guy yeah i've never been the guy like i have a couple buddies who I could tell you without they uh, break up with a girl and then they're like and that's it I, don't know, I never spoke to her again no I never spread she's a good girl we're, we still I know. You know I'm like how do you I do that I don't understand that I go burn it to the ground I know you know that's that's um oh what was I listening to um that is an old uh Usher no by the way I'm gonna out myself as a closeted feminist right now oh my god you shouldn't what was be closeted no but I mean no but no but meaning like like I, I like I'm a little more closet like I get what you're saying, but I, I, there are people, you're a there are women I follow. Yeah, but you're not allowed to say that as a guy anymore. You should, but you're not allowed to. I don't think. What? I don't yes, think. you are. I, the, things are so fucking confusing in this world. No. For a guy, for a white man, because when you say that, people go, "Oh, he's a predator." Wolf in sheep's clothes. Nope, uh, nope, nope. Well, happy to have you. You're a feminist. You are. I'm sorry. You are just the what, way you are with women. You what are. was I listening to? And they said the old theory was when a woman 
broke up with you the theory was destroy that woman uh Ooh. picasso whose podcast was i just listening to they were there oh damn i'm sorry i'm gonna really out myself as yeah. a positive feminist do you know whose fucking hour special i watched joan didion's nope <laughs> oh nanette yep yeah i haven't That's seen not it her yet. name what's, what's her name uh, uh hannah gatsby hannah gatsby i would not i mean by the way nothing but respect i would not technically classify it as a comedy special that's what people are saying i haven't seen it yet it's but it but it is a powerful ted talk it's a very powerful ted talk it is a very powerful ted talk yeah and one of the things she said was picasso's in picasso's day by the way i'm paraphrasing a very important speech sure probably incorrectly sure is that when a woman broke up with you you had to destroy her that's what you had to do in order to get to the next woman was to destroy that woman and that is pretty much what they did that's why you know if you had sex with a man then you were a whore no one could touch you yes and so well, i don't know why we were talking about this oh but but i think part of me said when you hurt me i hurt so bad you don't know what this hurt feels like i need to now destroy you not by spreading rumors about you right. or or stuff like that but i i I didn't realize that I did. That's what I was doing. My therapist helped, like helped me discover that because I was like, I don't know why I'm trying to make him feel this. I don't know why I persist in this way with him. And she was like, because he hurt you and he doesn't understand the pain that you feel and you want him to get it. So you're trying to give him that pain. And I'm like, that's exactly it. That's and it's in that. And if I can just give advice to any men who hurt a woman or like, because you're going to hurt women. Good guys are going to hurt women. You break up with them. You break up with someone who likes you more than you like them or whatever. It's going to hurt. But just try to be more empathetic to the fact that you're hurting someone. Own that you're hurting someone even. And I think that can lessen her anger towards and you in the that future. that can go to girls also. Of because course. I don't, I, when you said that, I was like, I don't think I've ever hurt. I've only hurt one woman. Oh, wow. Meaning like broke up with yeah. one woman where I was like, this is over. Most all of my other times were walking into it I take that back two women yeah uh everyone else they hurt me i then welcomed them back into my life like cheated on me or whatever sure i welcomed them back into my life and then i hurt them i welcomed them back to hurt them oh that makes sense to punish yes them. i and think that happens where I was all a bad the time person. yeah yeah and i it's like we're all just figuring it out and and the and w what i was angry with him about was he, he he like so we didn't talk for a really long time and then when we finally did i apologized for my behavior he apologized for his and we came to an understanding but he wasn't he didn't do a good job of breaking up with me that he did like a, a really like a really bad that job of like, it it sounds like dan a lot by and the he way just hasn't had enough experience breaking up with women to in in the next girl is gonna have a, a nicer time than I did you guys because are of it. very cool now though yeah we're like we're great now but we were really not great for a really long time really? and it was all my doing he had you know it, so wait, he can reached I throw, out can I throw a guess out yeah did you guys hook up when you shot the special together no that was when we that was during the oh the for shit. real that was are you serious? not good because I was not speaking to him at that time and then and when we booked the special when we booked the special we were talking and we were like oh my god i wish he were here oh for this i don't god. mean to like say anything that he wouldn't sign off on but um that was that was uh i think he was really hurt by my behavior at that special taping because i did not want to see him i didn't want to be in the same room as him i didn't want to well, come uh, across yeah. him at all that's understandable it's understandable because uh, I just had a fight with a woman that worked at ICM once. Just a fight with her. Yeah. Uh, we had gone on a road trip and I had maybe been, sh maybe I had been shitty. I had definitely been shitty. Sure. And uh, 
I, maybe she wanted to hook up with me. I don't know, but whatever. I was still a adolescent in my yeah. head, so I was not. I was frat boy Bert. Yeah. And she got so upset with me on this trip that instead of driving back from Vegas, she flew home. And that's the last time I spoke to her. And then I had to do a showcase with her at ICM and it fucked my head up so much. And God bless women's ability to forgive. But she walked up to me knowing I was shooting a showcase and that it was really important. And she came up and said, I apologize for my behavior. Oh, wow. Uh, I shouldn't have flown home. I should have talked to you about it. And I went, I was an asshole. And she goes, thank you for saying that. Oh, good. (laughs) And I was like, oh, cool. And, and you we, were able to do it. Yeah, and I ended up getting a deal at that showcase. Yeah. Wow. I got to thank that woman 100%. That's crazy. Yeah. That yeah. that one you were so worried about going into. Yeah, I I just you know, I took it upon myself to make sure I wouldn't see him, so I let people know how that I don't I don't want to see this person. You know, I let production know like don't let me cross paths with this person if you can help it. And I think it got back to him from like it it just didn't feel good to him that someone was like coming in and rearranging his schedule for me when he was yeah. just going to be cool with it and swallow it and I was like I can't I can't fake this and this is important to me and I don't want to see you and this so is, I think that is, hurt him I think this is why part of me feels like maybe I don't know if you if this is all part of the growth but like why I think everyone kind of collectively is going like wow she really hit her stride I wonder if you're I wonder if you've gotten to this place emotionally where you're like so when i the last time i got really fucking hurt i was 25 years 20 i was turned 26 Mm -hmm. and i made a conscious decision i go i have issues with women i have did i've been cheated on a lot and i was like and i don't trust women and i don't like women and i said i'm gonna stay away from women i'm gonna stay away from women until i can figure me out and then once i figured me out then I'm going to like slowly let them get back into my life. By the way, it didn't happen again until I was 29. Three years I went, I'd hooked up with some women, but I was like arm's length. I'd yeah. hook up with them and I'd be like arm's wow. length. And then when I met my wife, we started dating for like four months and I was still doing that arm's length shit and she dumped me and she dumped me and I'd never felt like this. I went into a closet in my bedroom I brought my, I had a walk-in closet in my bedroom. I brought my my bed in there, my TV in there, and a bottle of NyQuil. And I just took NyQuil to stay asleep for as long as I could because I could not handle the feeling knowing I fucked up, knowing wow. I fucking ruined Whoa. the good one. Whoa. I cried. I cried the kind of tears that like I hope people get to do knowing that it's not forever. Right. You know, that like I don't yeah. want, I don't want those tears in life again. But like oh. I welcome that moment yes. of like in a you need it. in a shower with one of those exercise balls in the shower because I couldn't stand. That's just, all I've ever Ooh. wanted to have a guy hit that point with me and be like, I fucked up. Oh my! And and it it made you come to your senses and you begged for her back. Uh, crying in traffic, in traffic, driving, crying in my car. I made her a mixtape. I love this. And I put it on her the the what you call the car with a letter apologizing for everything <gasps> and she came back i think she went to a black baptist church my wife's a redneck so yeah. the closest thing she she had to like a church she had to go to like compton oh my god and so and came back in a sundress and was like i think we can work this out and i was oh like oh my god oh I was like, my god and i remember i was jogging down outpost uh the day the day she came back to my she was waiting at my house i was jogging down outpost and I was like, I gotta get, I gotta get healthy. It had been like four days. I was jogging down that post, and I said to God, I was like, God, if you're listening to me right now, 
I will never fuck this up. I will never ask for another woman. I will never look at another woman. I will never cheat on her. I will never fuck this up if you just give her back to me. And I heard God say, you, you know what you just said to me? And I was like, oh, hold on. What did we just say? And I was like, yep, I'm in. I need her that bad. And I went home and she was at my house. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. One of those moments with God where you like believe. Oh, hardcore. But, but, um, but I wonder if that's, I wonder if that's, I, I, I'm curious to know your path in comedy. I, I, what time do you got to get out of here? Um, I got to go. I'm doing Tom Segura's podcast at two. So I've got time. Oh, that fat fuck. Huh? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd be curious to know, uh, like your path in comedy, meaning like I didn't realize you started in college. Yeah. So, so I'll path it out. You, you weave me in. Yeah. Who, what was your thing that got you interested in comedy? Um, high school Conan. Really? Conan O'Brien. Then see, then standup comedy, um, I didn't really like consume like Saturday Night Live, Conan, Seinfeld, Friends. Those were like my like I loved uh, the comedy growing up, but I didn't even think about stand up as a real career. And then I just was like, oh, I'll be an actress because I wanted to be on screen and on TV. But I wasn't like really good at acting. Like I auditioned for like theater school and stuff. Acting, so that'd be a waste of talent. Well, thank God they wouldn't have me. And so then I go to I I became uh, long story short, I became severely anorexic my senior year of high school and was hospitalized almost died i went i convinced everyone i was fine i went to college my freshman year alone to the school that i was already planning on going before i got sick i was over the summer hospitalized and my parents still let me go thank god even though they shouldn't have because i was literally on death's door and i wanted to die like i was starving myself because i was like my life is hell yeah um so Went to college and because I couldn't make friends, no one wanted to be friends with me because I looked like a skeleton. Like I looked like one of those people you see out in public and you go, oh my God, that girl's anorexic. Like that's what I, I looked like. I'd just gotten out of Auschwitz, like crazy, crazy skinny. And um, and I couldn't make friends. Like I would, no one would talk to me or be friends with me. And so I just mm. ada- like adopted this larger than life personality of like really f- just being funny. And I was always funny, but I was quiet growing up. Like I did not have a person. No one would have been like, she's the class clown. And I just was like, I'm going to be the fucking class clown. I have nothing to lose. And then people started being like, you're, you should be a stand up comedian. And then the second I heard that and I wanted to die, like I was going to die. And that was the plan, especially because I couldn't be an actress. I was like, I don't, if I can't be on TV, then I like don't, I'm not going to be like a teacher when I'm going to eventually kill myself either by starving or some other way. Cause like, that's the point of my life is to be on TV. And then when people were like, try stand up comedy, I was like, okay. And then I Googled Sarah Silverman. I saw her and I was like, holy fuck. Not only <laughs> is she a woman doing this and she's killing it, but she's my favorite person I've ever seen do it ever. Like it blew my mind. Oh, and oh so- I remember seeing her for the first, everything, by the way, and that's what, this is what makes me angry about the equality and comedy that people are trying to push is that like, we all felt that same way when yes. first time we saw Sarah. She was in sweatpants in a sweatshirt and she was like, I was licking jelly off my boyfriend's cock the other day and I thought, ugh, I'm so turning into my mother. And I was Floored, and I was like, I want to be like that. Yep. I didn't go. I didn't be like, I want to be like that, but a dude. Yes. I was like, I want to be funny. Totally. 
That's she eclipsed fi- male. Same female. with Wanda. Yep. Same with you. Same with Amy. Same with yes. like across the board. And that's what's frustrating is that there are a lot of guys I see and I go, I don't want to be like that. Yeah. And there are a lot of women I see that I go, I don't want to be like that. Totally. But like, yeah, I don't. But I, yeah. But, but there, f- the women for whatever reason catch more heat when they're not funny because it it because uh, there are not funny women working and out there that I'm like I would it's like kill when an myself Asian can't had... drive yes exactly and you're like, you're like of course Steve Byrne exactly of course you're gridlocking <laughs> so wait can you pinpoint uh, when anorexia started yeah oh the day really the fucking oh my God. day this dude. might be the most important things ever said on my podcast oh my god because like... Isla said to me yesterday last night she said um, she goes hey dad there's a girl at camp that had like these lines on her arms. Mm. What is that? And I and I went, okay, this is super important because I, I know that cutting is a thing, and I I know that now I'm introducing this into her life. I'm explaining that this is something that people use to cope with bad, unhealthy feelings. I yeah. was like, I need to be careful with this. I was like, Leanne, a little help. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that it wasn't her like. No, dabbling no, no, in no. anorexia because it is once it takes hold it's like it's almost too late and you just got to get through it and you can get it's just but what you know what i'll say about cutting i've only i've cut cut myself a couple times because other forms of um like taking care of my feelings like drinking or what i hadn't even i hadn't even come across them yet or like but i remember thinking the same thing isla did of like what is these like what's cutting and then finding out and being like why would you ever do that and then one time i got caught shot i was 19 and i got caught shoplifting and i for the first time in my life was compelled to cut myself like i just i got caught i got let go i didn't get arrested so i wasn't punished i needed to punish myself i hated myself for it i was embarrassed and i like i just grabbed a scissors and did it and i never i've and then there was one other time i cut myself i forget what that was but there's only been two times in my life and i it was like a so it's not something that i think someone's gonna be like is does this feel good i'll explore this so like her knowing that that's something people use to cope wouldn't make her try it yeah but like it if the demon inside her wants to grab something, it will happen. I didn't even know about cutting it. It happens. You know what I mean? Like you don't even, it wasn't something that was like, Oh, I can do that one thing. I'm going to go do it. It was just like, I need to put this in my arm right now. And I don't know why. I would have done it even if I didn't. It was crazy. And I, and it's obviously something I wouldn't do now because I'm too vain to like give myself scars. And I know there's places you can do it where you don't get, listen. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Wait, talk about anorexia though. Anorexia. The moment it happened for me, I was always like struggled with my weight. Not always, but for a couple years in high school after I started doing plays and stopped doing field hockey where you run six miles a day. No wonder you're thin. And then you stop and you get kind of fat. And I ate cereal for like eight, like all the time in between meals, just eating cereal. So I was like kind of chunky and I hated myself for it like most girls that age who are chunky and that you feel like your mom is disappointed in you. You feel like America is every girl that you want to be is so thin and effortlessly thin. And, and dads are still saying stuff like, honey, we got to get you outside. My mom was like, I remember what drunk one night she was like, Nikki, are you trying out for football season this year? You bulking up for football season? Hilarious thing to say. I remember I threw my Capri Sun across the kitchen because I was so angry when she said that. Jesus. I, by the way, I've, Isla broke both her arms at one point. Yeah. And she put on weight. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. What kid breaks both her fucking arms? And she had him in gas like this. She is so cute. I that makes me laugh thinking about. She is adorable. I'm she, thinking of her. She broke both her arms. I remember what my favorite thing ever is. I got her two cake pops and I gave them both to her, and she couldn't get them in her mouth. 
so funny, Bert. But she she couldn't work out. She could not work yeah, out, but run yeah, like, and do anything. So she ended up putting on weight, and she just took all the weight off because she went to school where it's a little more active. They have yeah. PE, and uh, and I've been very cognitive to never say I even noticed it. Yep, don't weigh in anyway. Don't say you look great. Don't say you look bad. Just it's nothing. So. It's so hard. hard. It's so hard. Because as a parent, you want to help them have the finder, the easier path in life. And you know that being overweight is not an easy path. I don't. I I fucking hate it. Wait, keep going back to your story. So I was a senior in high school. A couple things happened my senior year. Uh, September 11th. I know that just seems (gasps) weird, but like that was a big moment for me. You were in fucking high school? Yeah. So like, you know, the towers fell. Then a month later, my... um, Uh, A friend of mine shot himself in the head with a gun that he showed me the night before, and he blamed his suicide on my best friend since fourth grade. Left a note on her doorstep, but much like your story, except yours ended better. He left a note and a CD with one song on it on her doorstep. The night before, he had confessed his love to her in front of me. I was in the back seat in their car, and he was like, Kirsten, I love you, and I want to be with you. And she was like, I just like you as a friend. He dropped us off at my house. That Earlier that night, we, we were at his house playing like Truth or Dare and hanging out and um he showed us this like gun this hunting rifle he got for his birthday two days before and we were like why do you have a gun it's so not like you and he was just like oh i'm gonna go hunting with my stepdad he drives us home tells kirsten he loves her i'm in the back seat awkwardly like oh my god this is so awkward he drops us off we go into the kitchen and i remember we were like making cereal at like two o'clock in the morning kind of drunk because it was one of the first nights i ever drank in my life and I go, God, what is David going to do, you know, Monday morning at school? Like, he always would, like, leave a note in her locker. So he would always do these, like, he yeah. would tell, they were close friends. He would tell her he loved her. She would say, I just like you as a friend. And then they would, he would push her away. And then they'd slowly become friends again over and over. And this time he just called it quits and shot him his head off. And, um, and the next day, so that happened. My best friend since fourth grade, my senior year of high school, is blamed for my friend's suicide. Oh. And it was, like, by him, not by anyone else, obviously. And um, so then, but also this friend was, like, not someone that hung out at my parents' house. Like, my parents didn't know this guy that killed himself. And so my reaction of being so sad about it was not welcome in my house, really. They were, like what's going like my feelings were not acknowledged as a child and i'm realizing I've, I've pieced this together through years of therapy but my parents did a great job in so many lovely ways but they fucked up with like letting me feel and so they were like why are you crying we don't even know this guy yeah and 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 i've i've dated men in my life that have echoed those same things of like why are you crying right now i don't you don't even know Corey Monteith the guy from Glee who overdosed and I'm like because it's sad and they're like get it together you're a weirdo and I'm like oh okay I'm sorry I don't I don't I don't know why I'm crying I didn't know him oh that's so I'm so stupid I had a hard time the day Patrice died uh I was in the car and Frosty called me he's like hey Patrice passed I had known he was I'd known that wasn't gonna happen nothing good was gonna happen and I was in the car with my wife, and I started crying. And I started making fun. I started getting mad at myself. Go, oh, don't fucking cry. The fuck are you crying for? Probably go. I know Patrice wouldn't have cried if I died. I know that for a fact. But he did mean a lot to me. Yes. Like, he meant a lot to me. I know. I probably didn't mean as much to him. Doesn't matter. But it, and my and my wife goes, honey, if you're let it happen. Ugh. He was like, if you're gonna cry, cry. And I was like, and all I could hear is my dad go. My dad would say, by the way, I love my dad. I love my dad. I love my dad. But my dad would say, don't you dare fucking cry. Yeah. I swear to God. I don't you d- be a fucking man. No man respects. a. What man cries for another fucking man? 
I like mean. and so like stuff like that my dad i love him very much but my dad was that that i used to have panic attacks when i was a kid and i'd get up and feel like johnny carson was yelling at me like i'd feel like his head got small like beetlejuice and he was screaming at me and i'd go i'd go into my dad's room i go dad i think i'm crazy i think i'm losing my mind oh. and my dad would go go the fuck back to bed oh i remember the first time i realized mortality and i said oh no i went oh my god my dad's gonna die one day and i won't have my dad and i started panicking yeah. and i went into my dad and i go dad are you, are you gonna die one day and he woke up and he goes yeah you will too go back to bed and i went i'm dying i'm oh, dying i had never my. pictured that i die that's so funny you didn't even get to that you just stopped at your me. dad yeah, that's so like, cute yeah Bert. you're gonna die and i was like what but yeah so parents need to let their kids have their feelings if i get if that's the only parental advice i ever give is just like if your son wants to cry just be like cool you're crying about that i know it seems trite but like let it out dude it's not about that pencil that you just dropped it isn't it's yeah. about something else and it's like we need to get these feelings out so like you like anthony bourdain dying like ruined me for a day i cried the other day when i saw that letter he wrote to josh whatchamacallit's daughter the guy from queens of the stone age I don't. I didn't see this. Don't read it. Just okay. let it go. Just let it go. He is so so so. Nine uh, eleven suicide. Yeah, suicide. Didn't get to feel my feelings, and then I like. So the suicide happened in November, March. I um I, this guy that I liked forever, one of the most popular boys, like took a liking to me. I think I. Oh, you know what we did? This is what happened. Um. You remember the show that Chris Hardwick hosted on MTV, Singled Out? Yep. Um, we did a Singled Out for my school to like raise money or whatever. And I was the date. I was the girl that got to pick the guys. So the guys are behind me. I'm I'm picking through categories and eliminating the guys. And I'm not seeing who the guys are. But my friends are in the audience. And my friends not know that I want Mike Cridell to be the last guy. And so they are giving me cues of what to answer so that Mike Cridell is the last guy. And I went a date with him, which I did. We go on a date. We like like each other. I feel like, oh my God, he likes me. And I had never had a boy like like me in many years and I that I liked and that I was maybe gonna kiss. Like I I'd not, I had only kissed one boy and it was when I was drunk and it didn't mean anything. And so I was like, I felt feelings for someone, someone felt feelings for me, and I got like excited, like that excited, nervous energy. And one day I just like couldn't eat because I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna see him after school. And like I just didn't eat one day because of nerves. Like it happens to me still. Like if I if I, if I fall in love, you don't eat it, like whatever it is. Uh cluster fest. I didn't eat. Yeah, excitement. Yeah, just excitement. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Or if I have like a big taping coming up, I drop weight because I'm just like running around like the roast. I'm gonna be thin for the roast, not because I'm trying to be, just you're but busy. because I'm busy and I'm focused on that and not eating. Yeah. And um and so I didn't eat one day and I remember a girl in my drama class goes, Nikki, you look great. Like, and I show losing weight right away. Like it shows on me like five, like, and so, and I've learned that about myself through going yo-yoing the past decade and a half of my life since then. But this girl was like, you look great. And I was like, what did I do differently? Oh, I just didn't eat today. I'm actually like still not feeling like eating. I'll just keep going. And that was the, that was the moment. And then the, this was the cry. There were many cries for help because I started to be like, well, I can't have fat anymore. I will never eat another piece of fat. If any food has fat in it, I don't eat it. And I remember going into my mom's, my mom was sewing in this room in our house, in the den or whatever. And I walked in, I go, and I wanted her to go, Nikki, that doesn't make sense. Let's open up a nutrition manual. And like, like you have to eat fat again. But I go, mom, um, you know, we just say ch like outrageous things just to get a reaction. I was like, so I'm never going to eat fat again. Like I'm just literally going to only eat fat free things the rest of my life. And she goes, well, good luck. And I just remember closing the door and being like, well, she's not going to help me. 
and I and then that just set me off on a course and I got and so from March and then I was hospitalized in uh, July the same weekend March to July two so uh, 16 years ago right now I was in a hospital yeah in a oh psych ward in an elderly psych ward because the teen level was full and I was not I was submitted by this I, I had to go because it was like a 5150 or whatever like I I went in for a checkup because I was supposed to go away for my freshman year to college so I had to go get a physical you know so I go to the doctor to get a physical meanwhile administrators have been calling my family all my friends have are not even allowed to hang out with me anymore because their parents are so worried and they're calling my parents and my friends can't be around me because i don't eat and i'm a bitch because i'm fucking hungry and tired and my hair is falling out i'm fainting every time i sit up i go to the doctor and i'm like trying to like be as healthy as possible so that they don't get freaked out and they're like um your pulse is so like you're gonna die if you leave so you can't leave like it would be on us if if we let you go and you died so Uh. you have to stay and my mom's like the hell she's staying and they're like you don't have a choice lady put me in a golf cart i went from like the you know general hospital area to the psych area and they admitted me and i was just in there and drugged i don't know how long i was in there it was could have been four days it could have been two weeks but it was around about a week and um and i just like I wasn't ready to get better. Like it doesn't happen like that with anorexia, but I wanted to get the fuck out of there. So I would do anything. I was like, I'll eat whatever you want me to eat. So I just started eating and I gained just enough weight to get out and then, you know, adopted their, their plan for me to gain more weight. And then just like totally lied my way through that. And, don't ever trust an anorexic person. They are lying. They are avoiding eating. It is like, uh, and I don't even relate to it now because I love food so fucking much. And that there's some part of me that like when I see an anorexic girl, I'm like, eat a fucking sandwich. Like I have that. And I was yeah. that girl. Yeah. But it was like, I can't. I don't know what to tell you. Like I literally can't put it in my mouth. Like I will, I will explode. I'll cry. Like my body, I like, I will have so much anxiety. I'll have a heart attack if I eat something. It's like almost like it, food is poison. Like you can't do it. You can't bring yeah. yourself to do it. And so... I, I went to, so I had anorexia my whole freshman year. I started doing comedy. I was anorexic doing comedy for a couple years. And then um, I went to see a therapist who like changed it all for me. Cause I was, first of all, I was done with it. I was sick of being hungry all the time. It fucking sucked. Yeah. And I was like obsessed with comedy. So I had this new reason to live where I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. And so I was like, I got to beat this. Like I, now it's not even an, a choice. Like it is just the way I live. So I really wanted out. I went and sought out a therapist on my campus my like junior year and this guy had a severe stutter which he which was really helpful for me it was this older guy with a stutter and he was like you know you walk around and people see your illness they like see your sickness and like I have a thing that I walk around with and like people see it immediately like I wear it all the time too and it's really he like related to me in a way that I'd never had a therapist relate to me and he didn't seem angry with me because I wasn't eating he and he also he did this thing that changed everything for me which he was like the problem with anorexia is that you blame yourself you're like I'm choosing not to eat like it's me it's ultimately my choice and that's people also get mad at obese people like stop fucking eating then just put it down and I'm just like do you do you think they're why would they ever choose that and the thing is it is it is not he for the first time goes it's not you think of your illness think of when you hear don't eat or you need to like 
cut back on calories think of that as like the exorcist like you have a, a demon inside you that you need to like start looking at as a different entity that came into your body took over and you need to talk to it until it's like it's time to go man you've had fun and so he sat this chair in front of me you know like classic like it was like it's in this chair right now talk to it and i'm like no i don't want to do that and then i fucking just did it and that was what started me on the path to be able to be like you're I had control again, whereas before I was like, I don't know what's happening. And then all of a sudden I was like, I need to get this fucking guy out of my head who's lying to me yeah. and telling me I shouldn't eat. And the guy is still there. Like he still lives in my head and I talk to him all the time. Like he's still telling me either to eat, to eat too much or to not because anorexia turns. I remember they told me they're like, OK, if you beat anorexia, just know that it morphs into bulimia it morphs into overeating and morphs into binge eating uh, all the things. And I go. Yeah, right. Like anorexics have this pride of like, I don't throw up. I do it the clean way. I'm, you know, I just have more willpower than bulimics. Well, I got bulimic within a couple of years. Like it quickly went from like gaining a normal amount of weight to like binge eating. Cause when I started drinking, I would binge eat and smoking pot. And then the binge eating, I couldn't stand, I couldn't stand the idea that I was going to be fatter in the morning because of what I'd just done. And so I started throwing up. That and was, that was last night for me, by the way. Yeah. Last night, last night I made the girls pasta. I never eat pasta at night. Oh, I never God. eat pasta at night. Yeah, and uh, and I made four bowls. I made everyone a bowl, and I had my bowl, and I was like, "That's enough. I'm done. It's nine o'clock. I won't eat again until nine in the morning." And then the it's girls hadn't right. finished theirs, and I ate all four. I finished everyone's, because, and then yeah. yeah, and then got in bed. And goes, what the fuck are you doing? Dude, yeah, at first I started doing exercise bulimia, which I think you have. And, uh, I, hypoanorexia, that's what my, daughter, my sisters call it. You're... Hypo, hypogymnasia. Oh, yeah, that's it, too. Yeah. yeah, but like you just burn off the calories that you eat so I that just you... massively, like, okay, if yeah. we're being honest, can yeah. I tell you what's going to happen with the rest of my day? Yeah. Uh, I am going to, I'm going through uh, hardcore, because I gained weight after running the marathon. Yeah. I'm going to run from here to the top of Fryman Canyon and back, which is six miles. Oh my God. Then, then uh, I'm going to go and buy a Cannondale bike for my triathlon, and I'm going to go on a 12-mile run. And then I th said to myself out loud, then you deserve dinner. Wait a second. You're going to go for a 12-mile run in addition to the six-mile? I'm going to do a six-mile jog and then what? a 12-mile bike ride. Because well, because it's a new bike and I want to and I want to take it. For and you're a ride. gonna do this. This is gonna happen no 100%. matter what. Hundred percent. And but I start going when I was at my healthiest. I was doing two a days. I was it's working no out in the live. morning and work. It's not. And it sucks. But, but I don't know the it's other way. It's a fucking way. hamster wheel. I do it all the time too, Bert. Where I like I I look forward to binging at night and then tomorrow I know that I'm going to be on the treadmill for two hours and and it okay, is a hamster wheel that you cannot get off of and so I don't do it anymore. I won't do it anymore. I will not do but you it look anymore. Fantastic. It's because I'm doing TM every day and it's because I, I TM so bad. TM is fucking life changing more than anything I've ever done. I quit drinking. I've gone to talk therapy, TM across the board and it's the cheapest of all of them. I want to do TM so bad. It's Tosh, so good. Tosh does TM every morning. Yeah. And that's a, everyone like I, you know, when you look at people and you're like, they're successful. I want what they have. They all fucking do TM. That's a common thing. If you do TM, you're successful. Wait, can I tell you the end of my night? Yeah. After the bike ride, I'm going to yeah. take a Xanax and go to bed and not eat dinner. <laughs> How the fuck? 
Bert, I love you for being so honest but because then, that is then, so fucked up. But then I'll feel good. I'll feel good Fourth of July. Oh, and I'll and go. You're gonna eat so much. And I'm gonna eat like July. a fucking savage. I'm so excited about I your Fourth of July. I bought twelve pounds of beef Dude, to make burgers. Your art, like you have a you. That's the end of you. See it in the distance. It is in the far distance for you, yeah. though. I can't put things in the distance that far for me. Like I will oh. go to the gym, and then I need. I ch- my thing lately like I find that I'm um well I smoke I've been smoking a lot of pot and I feel like just yesterday I've reached a point where I'm like I gotta I don't even like this anymore I'm not enjoying this so yeah. I'm taking a break but um but I with food I eat in the middle of the night like I'll wake up to go pee and then I'll just go like shove two protein bars in my mouth oh, and then I wake up with that. like wrappers all my over my sister me. does that hardcore i my problem is i was doing and i don't we i I did a podcast i got a nutritionist for the triathlon yeah and i did the podcast with the nutritionist and she was like listening to me and you could hear her going like i don't think you're healthy no like and none of my eating behaviors are healthy and and none of them Mm -mm. it's just they're just things that have worked and i go okay i got that in my pocket is is uh get on the treadmill and walk 13 miles it's so nuts I just want. I would it's like not to fun to walk thirteen miles. It's no not, way you slice that. Is that fun on a treadmill? There's nothing more fun than waking up in the morning and looking in the mirror and going, "I look good." That that is the great losing weight is a fucking high. Oh. It's such a high, and then being hungry and you look in the mirror and you're thin. So then you associate the the hunger high that you're feeling with being thin, and then it all becomes just like this. It, like I was, I I get high when I'm hungry for sure, and it's not good. And I and I and I have to like remember to like eat because I'm like this isn't real and you're gonna I fainted on stage once and that has made me terrified of ever being really? malnourished like I get I, I I was like anorexic again I was falling back into anorexia like right before I went to the Montreal Comedy Festival in 2007 and it was that whole thing of like there's something coming up and I it was just this nervous energy I yeah. wasn't eating a lot and then I was like this feels pretty good <laughs> and running so much not eating and then I went to a show and I fucking passed out on stage oh. and it was so embarrassing and I I just never wanted it to like get in the way of like stand up and it did. And that like scared me. But like my point with you is like, you don't want to live like this for, it's not like moderation would be so much better for you. When I, after I did the marathon, I gained 15 pounds because I couldn't walk. I couldn't run. I couldn't do anything for a month. You ran that with like no No training, no training training. and it ruined your body like for a month, like so sore. Uh, Oh, I, I could not walk for a week. Bert. I couldn't walk. Like shin splints or no, what couldn't, was... No, no, uh, no muscles in my legs could operate just because they were all destroyed. Uh, I couldn't run on the treadmill for a month. Are you recovered now? Like, I am do you recovered feel like kind of now. My, I fucked my back up kind of bad, I think, in it. No. Um, but, but I'm better now. Like, I'm better now and I've been running on this treadmill, which yeah. is... This treadmill is fucking next level. This is the most insane treadmill you've ever been on your life. All I, right. I got into a regular treadmill the other yesterday. Yeah. Today, this is why, by You're the right. way, this is why I'm excited for my run today. I've been running on this. This one is powered by your own feet. You power it. I got on a treadmill for men's health. It was coming to shoot me. I got on a treadmill. I ran three and a half miles in under 30 minutes. Yeah. That's fast for someone yep. overweight. Yeah. And I was like, oh, someone's feeling good. And here's the really, here's the other little, uh, little dime I have in my, in my, in my, in my crown is, is if I don't drink for a couple days and I diet and I work out, I drop like nine pounds like that. Crazy And fast. that makes me feel like, whoa, here we go. Yep. So I'm looking for the jump start of the diet. That I know what you mean. That little like. Ign- Where you see it. Yeah. 
where you see it and you go, okay, this motivates me to like getting that first laugh. You need to get the first laugh. And then you're like, I'm good. You got it. That is, oh my God, Nikki, you might have, it's that beer you take into the shower with yes. you before the date. And you go, you know what? We're gonna, and back in the day, you'd take a cigarette and hold it outside the shower. First hit in the oh. morning. Like I'm like any addiction, that first one. And then that you're chasing one. that first. And that it, first kiss. Yeah, First kiss. I mean, God damn it, Jebediah. Um, <laughs> I'll be in the field. I'll be in the field <laughs> brushing my cow. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I love running outside now and treadmill running. I won't do it to myself anymore. I feel like I'm just like a, I, I feel like I'm torturing myself on the I'm gonna, treadmill. I got to have you just barefoot walk on I this will. for a second to see what it feels like. Yeah. It'll blow you away. Do you run barefoot? No, 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 oh, no, okay. no. But, yeah. but in yeah, your yeah, shoes. Yeah, I yeah. love those shoes, by the way. Oh, thank I saw you. You wore those in Clusterfest. Yes. And I was like, those are really cool shoes. And my Target. sister wore the exact same shoes the next day when I saw yes. her. And I went, I love those shoes. She, you know what she said? Target. Target. Yeah. Boom. Target. <laughs> mules um I, I'll, I'll let you get out of here because i know you want to go you got to go to tom's but um but i i'm the one thing i i love about you and i you know i've pride myself on honesty yes but your honesty with this and i i texted you after you did Marin's podcast oh yeah it was just so refreshing and so um endearing to hear you talk about the struggles you have with your eating disorder and i think what i would also say in this podcast it's so endearing and heartwarming to hear you talk about the struggles you have with guys and and because oh, yeah. i think a lot of us feel that way and a lot of us do those things it's, I, it's not gender specific i think you're right and like i've i learned from watching you on like you are you're beloved because you're nothing but honest that is like you're you're fucking hilarious and there's no doubting that but like your honesty is something that is is so special and people can't do it and i would watch you and be like i want to be that comfortable with myself someday and like uh, you're you're one of my favorite people to watch because and, oh. and and listen to because of your honesty too so i like i've learned from people like you and and definitely you specifically because we work together a lot and like it it means something it all I want to do, like, I just want to be a voice for, like, when I was growing up, I thought I was alone with all these weird things that I hated about myself. I hated myself so much. And guess what? Everyone hates themselves for the same thing. You're not even unique with the things you think you are so disgusting about. Or, That's like, that, so brilliant. You're not unique in your hatred for yourself. You're not. You're not even interesting that you hate yourself so much or think you're this special, like, hateable, detestable person. We all think we are. And you are detestable. And so what? And so I, if there's one less person that feels like they are weird because of something that I've revealed about myself, then so then I feel like I've whatever done my job. My problem though, and you, have you run into this? Is like saying too much, and like right now I'm like all I can think about is like who do I text after this to be like, is it okay that I said that? Like, oh and, no no no. There, here's the thing that I that I think that is what I love about my podcast and what I know that my fans love is that I overshare all the time. I've overshared, yeah. I've overshared uh, in contradictory ways. And like, yeah. and, and, and the one thing is that we, I don't have a bunch of cunts who go out and call you out and go, bro, you gotta hear what that person said about you. Really? Or, or Good. My, I my would really love that. Keep if they that did under it. the radar and be like, be like, that was interesting. And, and I think That's also, also I know for a fact, especially in someone like, and I'll use Soder as a friend. I'm probably closest with Soder, yeah. but like Soder does, Soder knows that, 
had it had anything sounded shitty, I would have defended him. Yeah. And I don't think anything. No. I don't think anything sounds shitty. You're not. Yeah, the, that's the one I'm just like very sensitive about because I. We'll just call him right now. <laughs> we'll just call him right now and make sure that it's cool. Oh my god. Let's see. We'll just, we'll just say. We'll just be like, hey, Nikki said you had a small dick. Uh, I would never. <laughs> Let's see. Guys, Her from... call has been forwarded oh, well. to an automated oh. system. Oh, Turning I've off given, his phone, I've he's given, on set. Oh, is he? I don't know. I know. I'm just guessing like he's doing something important. Why is um, no, I, I promise you. I promise you. Nothing you've said in this podcast comes out shitty about anybody. Okay, good. I don't, I don't Thank think. Thank you. And I, I'm a pretty good... No, I think you're right. You're right. I just the the stuff with like I just we have always talked about like let's talk let's talk about it sometime on air because we both have uh, shows on Comedy Central Radio and Sirius. Oh, I saw you guys. I saw you guys on his show. Yeah, yeah. We like I, we're great now. We're like good. He friends, needs but we've to never, come on your show and do it. I know. I don't think it's gonna happen on the bonfire. I, well, they might. Sometimes they get real, and it like I try to go in there and, and get them to talk about. By the way, bonfire is one of my favorite shows ever. Yeah, that's why I love those guys. They're both really honest about their dark like weird oh, yeah. thing like that's the only comedy I'm interested in is, is honest comedy but yeah um, thank you for reassuring me of that and I yeah, will leave here not feeling any it's, weirdness I would have I would have definitely sensed it out because I'm, I'm good friends yeah so. yeah uh, but uh, but yeah I think I think you're phenomenal and I'm super excited as my fans will know to have called it to called your success <laughs> right before it happened like to like to watch you next do that big theater tour in the fucking 6,000 seaters and every one of my fans going <gasps> Oh my God! I was there right before the Bruce Willis oh, roast. That's awesome. Oh shit! I was there before her radio show got syndicated out to 150 markets. Oh shit! I was there before the movie and the sitcom. Thanks, man. I think you're super talented. Thanks. And can I tell you the one lot. thing that I'm the most excited about is getting my daughters to run into women like you and Amy and and uh, and hopefully Jaleel. Did I say her name right? Jaleese. Jaleese. Jaleel. I was thinking Urkel. Jaleel White. But You're like, hilarious. Yeah, Sabrina Jaleese. Yes. Sabrina. Sabrina. Because like, I like that they see yes. other women. Like they Every time they see Amy on TV, they go, oh, is that the girl that killed our hamster? <laughs> I go, yep, that's her. And then every time they see Whitney Houston, because Georgia met Whitney Houston when she was a baby, baby, baby. Whoa. Killed her teeth knocked out. And Whitney Houston came in and sang to her and scratched her head. And it's a long story. But oh every time God. they ever see a black woman on TV, they goes, is that the woman that sang to me? <laughs> no, that's that's Rihanna. That's very different. Wait, is that the woman? That's Aretha Franklin. Um, well, no, that's Jaleel White. J- um, that's Jaleel White. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, uh, your show is on SiriusXM. What channel? Yes, uh, Channel 95, every morning, Monday through this Thursday. Is a perfect way to end this podcast. Uh, Dan Soder. Um, you're you're live. I'm on the podcast with Nikki Glazer, and we talked about we talked about you and her relationship. No, Dan. Let me. Oh just wait, say, hold on, hold wait, on. Let Nikki Dan, defend it. Hold on, Dan. I did not ask to call you, and sorry about this. I was just saying we were finishing up here, and we just kind of got into like I just said. Uh, I was like, oh, I feel weird talking about this without Dan being here because I we wanted to talk about it at some point, like on a podcast or something. But like I just said that you hurt me and I tried to hurt you really, really bad. And oh, yeah. and that I'm <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, wanna wanna weigh in on that at all or elaborate? Boy, I have uh oof. Yeah, I don't know, but that was like uh you just hold the I, I don't know. I mean I think it's there's like a lot to talk about with that, but it was it was definitely the first time 
where the counter punch was like, oh, this is a kill shot. <laughs> yeah, I and I said and I said it to you before, and I've said it on here is that I'm like really not proud of how I behaved, and um, and that we both like are at a really good place in our friendship of many many years, and that and that is essentially all I said. So I'm glad yeah. that I got to tell yeah. you this on. And I'll say this, and I will say this on the podcast. Uh, incredible. One of the greatest apologies I've ever received in my life. Oh. Oh, nice. Thank you. That means a lot. Yours was really good too. So I'm. We're. Yeah. I'm. I'm grateful for Dan Soder in my life today. Yeah. And I. Uh, I know now how to survive a political scandal. So it's pretty nice. <laughs> <laughs> I launched a fucking smear campaign. Are you serious? On Dan Soder. I, well, Dan. The fact that I even have a job is incredible. <laughs> oh yeah, right. That is not no. Wait, Dan. I'm kidding. Okay, good, good, good. Dan, I will say. I will say that whatever podcast you guys decide to do and share this with, Nikki was a lot more forthcoming at the very end of this. She was very kind, and she was saying that she, she was responsible and that this and that. So it was very, it was a very uh, even-keeled response, but I'm dying to hear the two of you talk about it. Oh, man. I mean, I'm down to come back on on your podcast and have both of us talk about it. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm telling you what. I would fucking love that. I would love it. Yeah. Next time we're both therapy with Bert Kreischer. I mean, it would be it would be so fun. Yeah, because it's I would I I it is a fucking fascinating story. I this was not me. This wasn't me that long ago. This was me a year ago. Um, really, really angry and a ter like not doing nice things, and um and it's fucking fascinating because I don't relate to that person now at all, and um but I did some gnarly stuff. I was not nice. And yeah, again, I'm really sorry. Me, like, and Bert, I think you're sorry. I'm in the middle of Herald Square, which is possibly the worst place to take a fucking uh, call. Uh, <laughs> hold on. This, and there's just an ambulance just locked in front of me. Of course. <laughs> why, wouldn't, why wouldn't there be an ambulance just that. fucking full sirens going as I'm trying to tell? Um, that's me getting the light. No, that, um, <laughs> that's God saying, you know what, Dan? Yeah, you're coming out on top on this one. <laughs> yeah, you table dan (laughs) (laughs) but it really is one of those things where um like it taught me how not to worry about people disliking you which is like Bert. i know you can like i think you and i are very similar with that where we like to be liked yeah and then it's like when someone fucking hates your guts and you're like but you kind of also know it's your fault a little and yeah. Like, ugh, this is just real. So it really taught me how to deal with that. But like I said, Nikki dropped what I can only be called as the greatest apology I've ever received in my life. Ah, oh, that means a lot to me. Thank you. I tell you what, Dan. We started this, and I I said this, and I'm sure you'll agree, is that there's something going on with Nikki that it seems like it's seems like this is she's about to have her moment where it's about to get big, and I think it's all that fucking therapy and TM that I want to I want to start TM now. Oh, yeah, dude, get into, uh, I mean, there's a lot of shit, but I tell people, man, therapy is the number one starter. Just start going to therapy. Yeah, I do therapy on Skype, and I don't, I'm afraid someone's recording it, so I don't share everything. So oh, I'm yeah, sh- what are you doing? What? <laughs> man, you can't do, you can't do mixtape therapy. Yeah. You gotta fucking, 
you I'm, gotta get in there. I'm, I'm like, someone's gonna release all my therapy sessions. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. All right, I'll, someone was genius enough to do that. I would want to shake their hand. It's the most diabolical person of all time. Uh, all right, I, I'm, I gotta send Nikki over. She got to do this. Uh, there's a podcast where all they do is overeat. It's called Tom Segura's Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, good talking to you guys. I love you both. All right, I'll talk to you later, Sutter. He's a great guy. Great guy. Uh, your your show, your channel is... 95, 95. Comedy Central Radio, every morning, Monday through Thursday on Sirius, if you have it, 10 to 12 uh, Eastern. What a great gig. It's a great gig. What a great gig. It's a great show. It's so fun. I did it. You I... were amazing on that show. God damn it. And I got to be honest with you, I got Tom fucking hammered. 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 My co-host, Tom Takar. Wait, what are you guys doing? Nothing. You're all sneaking by. Sneaky all right, business. this is a perfect time to wrap up. All right. You're going to be on the Bruce Willis roast? Yes. Uh, what else? Uh, the name of my show is You Up with Nikki Glazer, and um, and yeah, that's about it. I love you, Nikki. I, I love you, Bert. Thank you so much for having me. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.